0: And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, let's state it real clear here. On last week's episode of the PowerCast, Chris and I said that we're going to change the logo for our show. The reason being that the hand looks cool. Nice looking hand, but it looks too close to the logo for the TV show Fringe. We were there first. We're not going to try to sue... Fox or J.J. Abrams were just going to change our logo. So we asked for contributions, and we've gotten some pretty good ones. I think we might even have one already that is going to be the one. But we're not closing the door yet to more submissions. So if you think you have a good logo, send it to us. Send us the artwork, a sample, a rough, the complete thing, to news at powercastcom news at powercast.com. As a matter of fact, one of our contributors sent, and this is interesting because we had just recorded the episode featuring Joshua Shapiro, the expert on the crystal skull, so we see a PowerCast logo with a blue background and what looks to be a crystal skull. Imagine that. Synchronicity. Yep. Jung would be proud. My wife, though, looked at the thing and said, you know what? It looks like something from the Terminator. Huh. <laughs>
1: Well, we've got our eyes on a couple of shows we'd like to terminate, so uh, maybe it's appropriate. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of TV
0: shows that got terminated this past season. Some I liked, some I didn't, but this is not a show about your favorite TV show. Although I kind of like Human Target, Lie to Me, and The Chicago Code on Fox all terminated with Extreme Prejudice. Yeah, didn't see any of them. Chicago Code was good. Jennifer Beals plays the police superintendent. And, you know, she's watchable in many ways. So it was a very fascinating kind of show.
1: Yeah. Now, she to, could
0: cuff me. <laughs> well, I won't tell her that. She'll think it's some kind of sexist remark. There was a liberal talk show host named Ed Schultz, who was terminated for one week from his TV network because he called a conservative talk show host a slut. Well, some, but she probably is. Uh Oh, I have to see. Is there a call coming from Ted Anderson at GCN about what he's going to terminate about us?
1: (laughs) Well, if he was going to do that, let me guess who he was talking about. Some tall, lanky blonde, I would imagine. Right. Laura Ingram. Oh,
0: she's on another TV network and other radio network. She's on Fox News and also the
1: Salem radio network. It's a rival network. So we can certainly attack people on rival networks. Right. Well, we don't really want to attack anybody. We're all from the Rodney, Rodney uh, King School, right? Can't we just get along? Yeah. Except for Ghost to Ghost
0: on Clear Channel. Oh, okay. There has to be well, there are exceptions to every rule. <laughs> you know, there was a post in our forums at forum.powercast.com where they actually mentioned the shows that became train wrecks, where after an hour, Bill Nell hangs up the phone on us. Steve Bassett, the ex-conference guy, has a bit of a meltdown. Stephen Greer becoming angry at us because we asked him a question. Michael Tooth, the Meyerhorn. Of course. He who shall not be named. That certainly was one. Then we had a couple of lesser meltdowns when we started asking Anthony Sanchez some serious questions about UFOs. And he didn't know them. And then he got out of the field two days later. He had his shall we say posthumous meltdown
1: <laughs> delayed reaction kind of time do. released a time released meltdown
0: well we record these shows in advance so I guess it leaves a room for a time released meltdown
1: on our previous episode we asked some tough questions
0: of Joshua Shapiro about the crystal skull and I gather from the questions you asked that you accept some of this crystal skull lore but
1: some of the things he said were a little bit out there is that correct Mm, that's correct. I, you know, again, um, as I explained on the episode, I've done quite a bit of research into the whole Crystal Skull mystery, and because a glass skull was found in the San Luis Valley, so uh, it turned out to be a hoax, which I debunked. And um, but in the meantime, I was quite fascinated with a lot of the information that I, would, I dug up. I, I spoke with uh, the preeminent expert in the field at the time, Nick Noserino. And uh, I became very fascinated with the whole subject, and since then, I've, uh, you know, whenever I've had a chance to see one of the, uh, the more you know, notorious, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, one of the more notorious skulls, I have taken the opportunity to go see several of them, and uh, they are very fascinating, very beautiful artifacts, uh, what they actually mean, how they have created a cult of personality uh, around themselves. Uh, you know, it's just interesting when people people project enough uh, into uh, physical objects, they can literally gain a life of their own. I'm reminded, of course, of the uh, the very uh, act- excellent book called uh, The Secret Life of Inanimate Objects by Lyle Watson. I recommend it to all our listeners. Um, inanimate objects can uh, become power objects if enough uh, attention and uh, and belief is is projected into them. So it was really fascinating to hear Joshua expound on his whole belief system that he's uh, sort of created around uh, the whole concept of the skulls, and 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 he has a deeply personal relationship with his his own uh, crystal skull. And uh, I, we could have really uh, <laughs> we could have dug a little deeper and really started crying foul on on some of his uh, you know projections uh, his his kind of generalizations about the whole thing, but, but it was fascinating to listen to somebody who has spent so many years studying this mystery, and um, I think our listeners will learn a lot from uh, this segment. One thing about it here, I think part of the problem
0: is not that there aren't fascinating properties about crystal skulls, but he sold himself on the prospects of some kind of paranormal aspect to them, and he really believes it. It doesn't mean there isn't such a thing. But I think it's hard sometimes to separate your belief from the reality. So we don't know whether it's something that he's infusing into the crystal skull because of his belief that it does something magical, or it exists externally. And that's the mystery. And I thought he was maybe, you know, kind of eating his own dog food there, acting a little bit too gullible about it, which is unfortunate, because if there's any mystery to it at all, we can't ask scientists to go ahead and disprove it we
1: have to prove it first. Exactly. Yeah, the onus is on the uh, the believer uh, to bring enough data forward that would intrigue a, a scientist enough to get involved. And maybe there was a way to do that, but not if you
0: already prejudge what results you're going to get. Yeah, right. he, he, drank, he drank mind. the crystal, the crystal uh, skull light Kool-Aid. Yeah, he drank the Kool-Aid, and he was sold a little too much. Nice guy, though really, nice, really guy. nice guy.
1: Yeah.
0: And obviously he knows his lore. He knows about yep. the history of these things. It's just that we really need people who have no opinion one way or the other to look at it, measure it, see if there's any way to create as you and I said a double blind test to confirm whether or not there is some mystical property or if it's just a fascinating piece of artwork which itself is interesting because you have to look at the technology that might have been used to create them a 1,000 or 2,000 years ago with so-called primitive implements.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I still think the subject deserves uh, research and uh, some scientific scrutiny. I, I do think that there's a, a, a real possibility that these uh, objects could have some sort of inherent properties, which we have yet to really define, and uh, I'll leave it at that. This week, we're going to go back to the
0: conspiracy theory realm, and we focused on that a few weeks ago, and we had former Governor Jesse Ventura, one of our best-received episodes yet, and it was fascinating that he dug it. You know, you kind of think after a whole day of dealing with the press, Jesse Ventura had gotten tired of it. He told us before the episode his arm was bothering him and everything. Two hours later, he loved it. You can tell from the last 30 seconds. But the first conspiracy theory expert we brought on the show lowly as many years ago, back in 2006, was Kenneth F. Thomas. And he's a guy who, you know, kind of covers it all. Well, he sure does. (laughs) This is going to be fun. Indeed. He's going to talk about a reissuing of his book on the Maury Island incident. We're going to focus on all the various and sundry conspiracies the latest and greatest. Now, understand, because there's a conspiracy theory doesn't mean that you shouldn't take the conventional wisdom response as true, but it opens up lots of incredible possibilities. Kenneth Thomas, coming up next on The Paracast. Okay, so who is watching your home when you're not there? Help protect your home with a security system monitored by ADT. It's the leader in home security. Remember, ADT is a number one monitoring service in the country. It comes with world-famous ADT yard signs. The monitoring cost... It's just $1 a day. You probably pay more for coffee. This is the safety for your family and your possessions. You can save up to 20% on homeowner's insurance. Just call Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer. Call now and get $850 of equipment and activation free. Call 1-866-778-3127. Call 1-866-778-3127. And here's our fast disclaimer. $99 $99 installation charge, 36 month monitoring agreement at 35 to $39 per month. Call for terms and conditions and license numbers.
2: Good day. Jim Newcomer for Midas Resources, June 3rd, 2011. Gold opened this morning at 1531 dollars A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for $1570.19, for a half ounce, and 392 58 for a quarter ounce. That's $1570.19, and 392 58
3: the Constitution and the Bill of Rights have been reduced to old relics politicians ignore, trample with their outlandish, overreaching policies. Your support for the Campaign for Liberty stands in the way of this insidious process. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I have teamed up with the Campaign for Liberty to offer the authentic-proof quarter-ounce pure gold coin. For only $440 plus shipping, Midas will donate $100 to this incredible organization. Help fight big government by ordering your gold coin at 800-686-2237. You can Get to win twice by owning gold and fighting an overreaching government. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237.
4: Love gardening, but don't love seeing your hard work destroyed by wildlife? Then use the number one most effective deer and rabbit repellent you can buy, Plantskid. Plantskid repellent protects gardens, trees, and landscaping by emitting an odor that browsing animals associate with predators. So animals avoid plants before they nibble, not after. Plantskid is made in the U.S. from non-toxic, 100% organic, environment, and pet-friendly ingredients. Other repellents wash off in the rain, not Plantskid. It's guaranteed to outlast all other repellents. Plant Skid was the first animal repellent to be OMRI-listed organic and now comes in liquid spray, powder concentrate, or easy-to-use granular. Just sprinkle around your garden. For proven protection from deer, rabbits, squirrels, and other small rodents, use Plant Skid, member-tested and recommended by the National Home Gardening Club. Find a dealer near you at PlantSkid.com. That's PlantSkydd.com. Ask about our new vole repellent when you call 800-252-6051. That's 800-252-6051 one plant skin proven plant protection guaranteed or your money back
5: Did you know that billions are spent every year just for a simple drink of water? But it's the quality of the water that Americans are concerned with, especially after floods, hurricanes, earthquakes, and other disasters that routinely disrupt and contaminate water supplies. Safe drinking water is too important to leave to chance. That's why you need an AquaRain water filtration system. The American-made AquaRain is an essential survival tool that operates for just pennies per gallon. It lets you retrieve water from lakes, ponds, streams, or rooftops during any disaster and assures you of healthy drinking water. The stainless steel AquaRain's patented space-age ceramic and GAC technology uses microfiltration and gravity to purify water. No chemicals, no electricity, no water pressure needed. And AquaRain's cartridges last for thousands of gallons. AquaRain is hands down the best water filter on the market. Call 800-572-2051 or go to AquaRain.com. That's 800-572-2051 or AquaRain.com. Every family needs an AquaRain.
6: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
7: We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com
0: Conspiracy theory time again on the Paracast and on episode number five back in 2006 Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen April 4th, 2006 We couldn't do it for April Fool's Day We had Kenneth F. Thomas to talk about Maury Island, the Kennedy assassination, all that stuff. Fascinating interview. He's come on once or twice since then. And we thought, you know, after all these years, it's time to bring him back because, as he said himself, he's one of the founding fathers of the show. (laughs) Now, what does that get you? A lot of guff, I guess.
8: God, I feel so old. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
8: you that do. was you only should. four years ago, man.
1: Yeah. Five Fun years part. ago. You're so old you forgot.
8: <laughs> four years. He's missing like time. 99 generations in the cyber terms, right? Is that how it works? <laughs> I mean, it seems like it anyway.
0: For those who haven't explored Kenneth F. Thomas and his books and articles and steam shovel press and everything, can you tell us what attracted you to, I guess, the realm of disbelief about conventional wisdom? <laughs>
8: Well, the obvious, that conventional wisdom is anything but wise, uh, and you only have to study it for a brief period of time before you begin realizing that. Uh, but my earliest interest in counterculture stuff was uh, uh, Lenny Bruce, you know, the comedy of Lenny Bruce, which I was turned on to by watching Dustin Hoffman, which shows you what a johnny completely i am to the counterculture. And Lenny Bruce's, quote, autobiography was actually ghosted by Paul Kraftner, a famous underground publisher of the newsletter called The Realist. Uh, and Paul was an associate of May Brussel, who was the maven of conspiracy theorists, you know, the, uh, really the person that, that all the major people, uh, like John Judge, for instance, of the Coalition for Political Assassinations in D.C., tutored under, under May Brussel. And she kind of almost invented the science of, of uh, what I call parapolitical study, Because I try to stay away from the term conspiracy theory because it's like a a media laugh handle, you know?
0: I kind of use it as a way of connecting what you do to the subject so people understand where we're coming from. But it's
1: not meant to be deliberate. But what? No insult intended. (laughs) I like Ken's term, uh, parapolitics. I think it... uh it has a real ring to it. That's the one we use, as a matter of fact, when we first had you on the show.
8: Yeah, well, that prefix para means to run alongside. So when you talk about the paranormal. You're talking about things, events, uh, creatures, stuff that runs alongside normal reality. Uh, Parapolitics, you know, politics is when you vote for people and you know you have an election and you elect a person. Parapolitics is those kinds of politics that run alongside that normal process. Assassinations, conspiracies, subterfuge, sabotage, all the little dirty tricks. So it's a useful prefix.
0: Okay, so having gotten involved in this, was there a specific event in history that you say, you know what? What people say about this event can't be true.
8: <laughs> well, I was 5 years old when Kennedy was assassinated. You know, so the long history of dissembling just kind of unfolded in front of me in my life. You know, nothing that they said really added up to what I understood the facts to be. So if you want to pin down one particular event, uh, it's the Kennedy assassination, November 11th, 1963.
0: All right. What about the Kennedy assassination? What factor caused you to become skeptical that it was just a lone crazy gunman named Lee Harvey Oswald?
8: Uh, Well, when you're five years old, you don't really think about it that much. But it's clear, even to a five-year-old, that this isn't the way things are supposed to proceed. You know, this is the first uh, major political assassination in my lifetime. And I was kind of used to a normal existence before that. And, you know, it was only five years later that Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Martin Luther King was assassinated. And anybody growing up in that period has just got it hardwired into them that... uh, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You know, you, you, you have, you, you're born to be skeptical. You know, nobody ever really believed the Warren Commission. You take a poll today, 90% of the people out there don't, doesn't believe the Warren Commission. The, the, the government has eroded its own credibility over decades in my lifetime.
0: Well, this is one thing there. Didn't a congressional panel conclude years and years ago there was possibly a conspiracy involved there?
8: Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, that was the in the mid 70s. Uh, there was a second. Uh, there was a committee on assassination that concluded that, in fact, Kennedy died as a result of a conspiracy, probably of mobsters, because the person who uh, ran that uh, uh, that investigative group, Robert Blakey, was a specialist in uh, mafia history. So lo and behold, boom! In his reality tunnel, the mafia did it. And uh, and that was the formal conclusion. So even today, the government actually has two formal conclusions: the Warren Commission that it was a lone nut, and uh, the Assassinations Committee Commission uh, that it was the mob. Now the uh, Commission turned its findings over to the Justice Department, which just did nothing about it; just let it just let it pass. There was so there was never an an official further investigation of, of who those monsters were or you know or, or a collection of any of the the data that really that indicates um, uh, really concretely that, that, it, that it was so the recommendations were all there and then the ball was dropped
0: how so now yeah we were saying
8: yeah um, yeah unfortunately we're left now with in terms of official government conclusions two explanations just like with Roswell, you know I've got uh, uh, air crash dummies and project Mogul there's also this and book now about Area 51.
0: Excuse me, there's also this book about Area 51 that has yet another Jacobson conclusion book? about this.
8: Is this a Jacobson's book, this new yeah. one? Yes. Yeah. I saw that at an airport over the weekend. I, I flipped through it. I had some interesting pictures. It had like JFK at Area 25, things like that. But what conclusion is it reaching now?
0: Well, I think it's talking about something we did to kind of stage this to kind of spook the Russians.
8: Oh, huh.
0: well, I thought they staged it to spook us. Spook us. Well, all right. Let's one way or the other. It was basically someone being spooked by the Russians using children made up to look like space people. It seems
1: also peculiar. Well, the German horn flying really, that's wing. That's in
8: this new book by Jacobson. Yeah. Because I'm very surprised. You know, it's a, a Little Brown, a major publishing firm. It's one of the big, thick books. You know, it's a mainstream book. You buy it at an airport. And it looked to me like it would have... Well, actually, I guess that does make sense. You know, they're trying to cover up the alien angle, and they're saying that it's Russians and children. I don't know. Uh, I, I, As I recall, I was flipped through the index to see if Oswald was listed. Because you're, if you remember Oswald's biography, he... Um, he was stationed at, in at Sugi, Japan, where uh, the U-2s flew out of. Uh, after he defected to the Soviet Union, somehow the Soviets had information enough about the U-2 to shoot down Gary Powers. Oswald uh, had a job right before he got the job at the book depository. He had a job with uh, Jagger Charles Stovall, a photographic firm that processed U-2 film. So Oswald was some kind of an agent connected to the U-2 program, and the U-2 program was developed at Area 51. And I was looking for that in Jacobson's book to see if, you know, if she made any of those connections, and I didn't find it. Like I said, I haven't studied it very closely.
0: We might have her on the show in the future. We're going to have to explore it. We have power political expert Kenneth Thomas. I'm Gene Steinberg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST
9: never buy home canning jar lids again no kidding when you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once you'll never buy canning lids ever again safely store emergency preparedness foods for years traditional metal lids are single use throwaways containing BPA but Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA approved food grade plastic safe for direct food contact and contain no BPA Tadler lids are dishwasher safe usable with standard pressure or water bath canning Eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars, are indefinitely reusable, and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1 877 747 2793. 877 747 2793. Call 877 747 2793. Or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976.
10: The American people think they live in a constitutional republic, land of the free, home of the brave, right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use escapeharassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law. And it works. Escape harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number one 877 Seven nine zero zero nine. That's eight seven seven four five seven nine double o nine. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works.
9: He
5: looks five years younger.
11: He doesn't fall asleep at his desk like he used to.
5: He no longer drinks those energy drinks all day.
11: He used to be gloomy. Now he's upbeat.
5: He obviously has lost weight.
10: He's now drinking Moringa in the Morning from BigJoe.us. Moringa is a delicious, all-organic, 100% bioavailable blend from the Miracle Moringa Tree, considered by many to be the most nutrient-rich plant ever discovered. Moringa in the Morning will suppress cravings for junk food and energy drinks and make you feel like a kid again. Drink Moringa in the Morning, available from BigJoe.us. That's B I G j-o-e dot u-s vibrant health is just a click or call away at big or 800-503-0515 800-503-0515 that's 800-503-0515 drink moringa in the morning Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more
6: important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio
0: Network. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to The Paracast. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. On The Paracast, one of our earliest guests returns. Kenneth Thomas, who studies parapolitics... We won't call them conspiracy theories because this is far more intriguing. We went back to the Kennedy assassination. Now, a few weeks ago, we had former Governor Jesse Ventura. And his claim to fame here is that he, an expert shooter, as opposed to Oswald being a marksman, two levels below that, tried to use a similar rifle to make those three shots. And he said he couldn't do it. (laughs)
8: Does he still have his program? I haven't seen it in a long time. I think it's going to come back this fall. Okay, I'm not quite sure what to make of Jesse. Uh, you know, when he's uh, when he's back to the wall on some of the major media uh, interviews, he'll say, "Oh, well, this is just all entertainment." As I recall, he very specifically put down one of his own guests, as when he was was being grilled, I think by. Who that guy was that replaced Larry King? Pierce Morgan, and and he said, you know, he, he was. I forget who the guest was, but he very clearly started taking an anti-conspiracy view and saying, "Well, this is just an entertainment show," and I think he kind of plays a role uh, usually when you see somebody in the mainstream who's putting themselves out as a conspiracy theorist, they're usually playing some kind of role of a clown. You know, Will Smith is another good example. <laughs> Donald Trump, you know. Well, Donald so, Trump but, especially. But, but on, on the other hand, Jesse said some, some very uh, great things, you know, and I think he's, he's really right on the money. What I would want to know from him, though, uh, is about Osama bin Laden since bin Laden was killed by Navy SEALs and Jesse used to be a SEAL. And is there anything about the the fact that Bin Laden would seem to have been shot right at the exact same spot JFK was shot in the temple. And, in fact, RFK was shot in the temple from behind. Is that some kind of signature professional uh, hit place to kill a person? And I wonder if Jesse would know that.
0: Mm, interesting. That's curious. That is curious. I didn't think about that because I'm not a former Navy SEAL, nor do I play
1: one on TV. <laughs>
8: By the way, I should say hi formally to Chris. Chris, yeah, again, long time to
1: no talk to you, man. How how you been?
8: Hey, this is great. I've, I've been I've been okay. I've been okay. And I was like, I think last time I saw you was in Sedona, one of David Childress's conferences.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was actually.
8: Yeah, well, you do great work, man. I love your uh, Mysterious Valley book, and thank you. Uh, I didn't realize you were on the Paracast until now. It's, it's it's great.
1: Yep, I'm going on my this is my 50th show, I think. You're right. But who's counting?
8: Seems like you should be a guest. More than a host. Well,
1: uh, I'm working
0: on both of them. He kind of straddles <laughs> the fence. Actually, two weeks ago, we kind of had a talk shop episode where we just talked back and forth, our discussed our various experiences and the things we've investigated, and we answered questions. And for a lot of it, Chris was kind of a guest. So in that case, he kind of wore the two hats, which is fine because it's, I think, really good for the show. It's great for the show to have a seasoned investigator who knows whereof he speaks. Come on here. Not just a crazy talk show host or somebody who (laughs) is playing... right. ...who's somebody who's a performance artist who's just trying to pretend to be a talk show host and an investigator.
1: He is a real thing.
8: Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant idea to have Chris as a host, man. I think that... I'd I'd like to see more
1: of that. Well, I'm having fun. I'm not sure if some of our listeners are having fun. I've been taking a lot of flack for uh, drinking the Kool-Aid in the eyes of some people, but... What a lot of what a lot of our list, <laughs> listeners don't realize is the older I get and and the more um, I I research and and really dig into subjects, uh, you know, the more skeptical and, and conservative I think my view uh, becomes. And and I don't really buy a lot of what people really want to believe in, especially in the realm of UFOs and the paranormal. I yeah. think that. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for, uh, for good scientific research and, uh, and just hard work uh, and let the facts kind of play out and uh, give us the answers right. that well, we're common,
8: looking for. Yeah, Common sense dictates that not everything is a conspiracy. Uh, Robin Ramsey, who does Lobster out of England, one of the great cons- parapolitical writers in England. Uh, uh, Robin Ramsey, who's a, a parapolitical writer in Britain has made the point before that things are a combination of conspiracy coincidences or mistakes Uh, and that's usually the case not everything is a conspiracy not everything is a coincidence and not everything is just a mistake but that old canard that uh, oh well if the government's involved it can't be a conspiracy and they can't get anything done might be a nice kind of broad stroke way of presenting your position about what you think about government, but we know for a fact that, in fact, they do these things. And they have pulled off. There are conspiracies and the government run conspiracies uh, that have taken place. The Kennedy assassination is a very clear one. Both Kennedy assassinations, in fact.
0: Let me raise that because I think we should not let that drop. We understand about the original Kennedy assassination, why we could regard it as a conspiracy and why certain conspiracy theories have sense, such as, of course, organized crime for one reason or another, and obviously all the books explain that. I won't get into it here. But what about Robert Kennedy's assassination? What about that is conspiratorial to you?
8: Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, just recently in the news, Sirhan Sirhan has finally admitted, or not admitted, because all this time he's really hasn't, he's been in a fog about what he did that day that Kennedy was shot. He just basically said that he can't remember it. But now he's... uh, Beginning to affirm the idea that he was hypnotized into whatever role he played, and that this woman in the polka dot dress, who was, you know, famous in the uh, in the studies of the RFK assassination, uh, although very not very well known to the general public, but that she was some kind of uh, uh, trigger mechanism uh, for him. And, of course, in his journals, you know, uh, he's, he, he writes very hypnotically over and over again, RFK must die, RFK must die, RFK must die. And then, Like jailed, a Manchurian candidate. Yeah. Like a Manchurian candidate. And when he was jailed, the person that came to visit him was, uh, 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 was a Julian West, I think, who was a known MKUltra guy. And after he got his visit in jail and was given his keyword, after that he couldn't, couldn't really remember what he, what he did. Now, he constantly comes up for parole. And one time I, was, I actually knew uh, his uh, defense attorney or the, or the guy who was, you know, his attorney to, to go before the parole board to try to, uh, to get him released or reduce sentence or whatever. The guy's name was Marty Jeters. And he was going to present this defense. I remember having this discussion with him. He was going to present the mind-control defense. And I told him, yeah, you know, it's pretty clear that's what happened here. But give me one instance where the mind-control defense has ever worked in a court of law. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the most you can come up with is maybe the Twinkie defense in the uh, uh, the Moscone assassination, but they they don't want to hear it. And now, whoever has, whoever is Sirhan's attorneys now, they're doing the same thing. They're going before the parole board and say oh, he was hypnotized, and you because know, that's really the only conclusion you can reach when you study the facts. But it's not you know it's never really a credible defense. It never really gets, gets you anything, and it hasn't gotten Sirhan anything. And now. So.
0: But the larger part of the picture here is okay, if he was a Manchurian candidate, so to speak, he was hypnotized mm-hmm. under mind control. Who did it? Mm-hmm.
8: Well, there, there are different theories. Same Cesar, the security guard, for one. Uh, but it, it's also very clear that whatever Sirhan did, he was not in a position to shoot RFK where the bullets entered. And, in fact, when you see the pictures of RFK dying, he's like holding on to somebody's tie. He, he, he like, turned around and grabbed the tie of this guy. And I think, uh, I, I don't know if this has been officially concluded, but it's, it's supposedly the security guard guy's tie. So Sirhan shot, but he didn't. Uh, the powder burns that they discovered uh, when they examined RFK's uh, body were from the other side of where Sirhan was standing.
0: All right, so the cut the chase here. We're saying here that maybe he did shoot a gun, but he isn't the person who actually killed RFK. I guess that's what you're saying, and we'll have to explore that in more detail in a moment. Before we split for that break, if you have a comment or a question about the PowerCast, we want to hear from you. Good, bad, or otherwise, Write us, news at the powercast.com Once again, that's news at powercast.com We especially want to hear from you with your ideas about our new Paracast Pro service. This is where we're going to, for a small monthly or annual fee, offer you extra added attractions. The main show is going to be free. The forums are free. But we're going to offer extra content, videos, discussions, and lots, lots more on Paracast Pro. We welcome your ideas about it. So write us. We have Kenneth Thomas. He studies parapolitics. He has a publication called Steam Shovel Press. He has a new book, new version of his Maury Island book coming out. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online
10: My name's John, and I've been having problems with my blood pressure for years. My doctor's tried everything without much success. I heard about Extendovite from a friend and thought, why not give it a try? It's been three months now, and my doctor's very pleased with how my blood pressure is finally coming down. I have a lot more energy than I've had in a long time. It's working for me. For 12 years now, I've been helping people. My name is Don Whiskin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy, or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend
12: your life with extend
6: Economists, politicians, and even the average citizen can agree we may only be days or weeks away from the next terrible event that could literally change the pace of life as we know it. Learn the secrets of the world's top survival and preparedness experts at the DFW Marriott in Dallas, Texas for the 2011 International Survival and Preparedness Conference on Memorial Day weekend, May 28 through 30. Register at survivalist.com or toll free 866-437-6570 before time runs out That's survivalist.com.
11: GCN listeners, why have you been hearing so much about Dermatol, the all-natural all-purpose first aid spray? Because it's the must-have first aid product you need in your preparedness kit. Dermatol is made in America by Americans who know there's a more affordable, natural way to treat cuts, burns, bites, rashes, shingles, spoils, and many other skin problems. Dermatol is gentle enough for diaper rash, powerful enough for bed sores, and harmless to the eyes and mouth. It's great for the whole family, even your family pets. Dermatol is antimicrobial, antifungal, anti viral and not diminished by freezing extreme heat or years in storage dermatol is an absolute must for any first aid or preparedness kit dermatol's soothing rapid restoration of injured skin is so effective it's guaranteed order yours today call 800-217-6677 800-217-6677 that's 800-217-6677 efficient economical effective spray it all with dermatol The GCN
6: Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here.
4: Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
0: Now, you have to realize that it's taken a while, but Chris has finally learned the beat. He's on the beat. You know, <laughs> musicians and actors know this. You have to be on the beat. You have to know your mark. And so when I say you're in, he's able to say, now he can't do it.
10: <laughs> <laughs> the
0: Bearcast. He was ratcheting up for me doing it at the end of each segment. And this time I caught him off guard. Yeah wasn't ready. <laughs> That's
1: a conspiracy theory in and of itself. We have Kenneth Wolf well, Thomas here. Before we get too far afield on the uh, JFK assassination, one thing that was extremely fascinating to me when I read uh, when I first read your Moria Island book was a very mysterious character that crops up uh, in some pretty unusual places, including uh, right smack dab in the middle of the Maury Island incident, and that's uh, a very interesting character named Fred Lee Chrisman. You want to speak about Chrisman, and uh, and then uh, maybe sort of dive into the Maury Island uh, incident, because there's been some uh, some pretty interesting articles I've seen recently that have have attempted to tie JFK's assassination into some sort of ufological context, and. Fred Lee Chrisman might be a linchpin for that.
8: Well, yeah, uh, Chris, Chrisman is, actually, but he doesn't he doesn't seem to factor into all these recent news articles, like the one that uh, JFK ordered all the UFO files 10 days before his assassination. He wanted to see the UFO files before he went to uh, into some kind of meetings with the Russians. That has nothing to do with Chrisman. And then there was another recent FBI memo by a guy named... Uh, hotel guy hotel who was the fbi agent in charge of in the pacific northwest in the state of washington who wrote a memo talking about flying saucers that sounds very much like the roswell incident so that would those were two mainstream stories that hit like the yahoo and the ap and all that neither of those have to do with chrisman in fact very few people know chrisman's name even though chrisman is the guy that Jim Garrison thought was the grassy knoll shooter. Now, Jim Garrison, as you recall, prosecuted a guy named Clay Shaw in 1968 for the assassination of JFK. It was made famous for, for people that came b- by much later in 1992 when Oliver Stone did his movie, JFK, which was based on Garrison's case. But even in that movie, uh, he makes the point, because in the movie, they don't mention Crisman at all either, uh, but he makes the point that the guy that they are prosecuting, Clay Shaw, is just a toehold in the larger conspiracy and in fact it was another guy edgar eugene bradley who uh, uh... garrison thought he had a much better case against but ronald reagan refused to extradite out of california so he wasn't able to prosecute him clayshaw was just the guy that garrison had enough on to go forward in court the shooter the guy he thought was the shooter was fred lee Crisman. and you're right fred lee chrisman was known before nineteen sixty eight back in nineteen forty seven he was a famous witness to the first UFO event of the modern era, of the post-war era, the one that you know. usually people say Kenneth Arnold saw the the chevron shapes over Mount Rainier, and that was the first one. Three days before that, there was the Mori Island incident. Now, before you
0: go uh, into details here, I want to dovetail mm -hmm. this with a recent book that came out that we're going to be talking about on our next episode called Flying Saucers Over the White House by Colin Bennett, and he mentions it's mostly about Edward Ruppelt, of course, who was the head of Air Force Project Blue Book back in the 50s. And he wrote a book called The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects, a bestseller. And in that book, he talks about a dirty hoax perpetrated by someone he calls the Chicago publisher. And we all know the (laughs) Chicago publisher was none other than Ray Palmer, who, of course, was editor of Amazing Stories when Richard Shaver came aboard. He was one of the founders of Fake Magazine. All that stuff. Okay, so Palmer called Kenneth Arnold and said, hey, this sighting occurred in, up in the neck of the woods in which you live in, you know, near the state of Washington. Why don't you go out and investigate it? I'll pay your expenses or maybe pay you for an article or something like that. And Arnold did. And that forms, you know, one of the strange events that surround the Maury Island incident. But why did RuPelt call it a dirty hoax? Why?
8: Uh, okay. Well, first off, let me explain that uh, this new edition of the book uh, has several sidebar articles that gets that focuses a little more clearly on things like that. I have a whole article on what Rupelt said about Maury Island. He he goes through the whole incident, in fact. He but he gives everybody different names. He called like Palmer is a Chicago publisher. I know uh, he called. I think he called uh, Chrisman like Simpson, and and Dahl was given another. He actually gives them other names. Why? Uh, the reason that he's calling it a hoax and that many, many people have called it a hoax over time is because the other participant, the other witness to the Moy Island incident, Harold Dahl, said it was a hoax. Uh, and, and so, I mean, if you got the major guy telling you it's a hoax, then uh, you know, you're know you going to have confusion uh, down through the years. And the Moy Island case has indeed been dismissed by uh, as a hoax by... Many more people than just Rupel, but the reason for that, uh, and I, I get you know a little bit more detail about this, is that after the incident, and I, uh, I guess I sh- should go maybe I later go into detail what the incident actually was. Maybe but before we even go into don't the don't aftermath, don't Ken, Ken,
0: excuse me, Ken, Ken, I'm sorry? before we go into <laughs> the aftermath, really a real brief Reader's Digest summary for listeners who say, Maury Island, what was that?
8: I'm sorry, say that again?
0: Let's have that Reader's Digest summary for what this incident is all about. It'll help frame what you're about to say. Go ahead. Okay,
8: all right, sure. All right, okay. It's uh, six flying saucers. One of them is wobbling. This is over Puget Sound in, uh, uh, in near Tacoma, Washington, in the Pacific Northwest. These guys are on a harbor patrol boat. They are not harbor patrolmen. They don't work for the Civil Patrol they're, they're recovering logs in a log operation, and I, I could go into detail on that, but that's probably too much detail. Sure. But they see these flying saucers over their ship. One of them is wobbling and starts spitting out material, a black material and a white material, and then it's touched by one of the other saucers. It straightens up and they all fly away. And the stuff that came down, a lot of it was, 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 was very hot. You know, When it hit the water, steam would go up. Uh, some of it hit the guy's pet dog, and the dog was killed. And his son was hit, Charles Dahl was hit in the arm, and he was so wounded that they took him to a hospital. And, and, that was, and that was the first part of the incident. And Dahl went and took this story to Chrisman because he felt that Chrisman was his boss, even though records indicate that the boat, the North Queen, is actually registered to Dahl. Dahl owns the boat. Chrisman comes down the next day and has a sighting of his own by himself. And it, it's just a flying saucer passing overhead. And so and so that's that's the main inc- incident. And uh the reason of course Dahl went to Chrisman was because, you know, he there's damage to the boat and, and and he felt that, you know, he had to tell Chrisman something. Chrisman, you know, because he thought Chrisman was his boss, he would think that well, he was drinking and he destroyed the boat, but that's not what happened. He told Chrisman the story, he told everybody he knew the story. He told you know, he was dumbfounded by it all. He had to take his kid to the hospital. His dog died. It was very real to him and he was telling everybody and and what happened what always happens when you got a witness like that particularly this early in the history of UFOs who showed up man in black a man in black came to him and said listen buddy shut up you know you didn't see anything and if you start telling people more more people about this bad things are going to happen to you that didn't stop at all. he said uh, he, uh, Harold Ball was not originally frightened by the Man in Black. He just went ahead and he was just telling people what happened to him. He knew what happened to him. Like everybody who sees a UFO, you know, you can, you can explain away as much of it as you want. But if you saw it and you were there, and he started telling people, then his son healed from the wound at that point, disappeared, his wife fell ill, and his business began to fall apart. All the bad things that the Man in Black told him were coming true, and his life was being ruined. So at that point, he says, I made it all up. It's a hoax. Don't believe me. It was just a big old joke just to get out of the trouble of the, uh, that the men in black were, were were bringing upon him. I should also mention, too. Uh, yeah, that, physical uh, evidence. It, what then? Yeah, mention oh, yeah. the physical well, evidence. This is what's called the flag, the stuff that the UFO ejected. Um, but more to the point on, on the men in black, I should mention that um, – that David Gilders has just reprinted Jim Keith's great book on the history of the men in black called the case book on the men in black and I've written a new forward to that book so just to let people know if you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about men in black get that book and you'll you'll have the background but yeah doll uh, part of the reason why Dahl was so brave in the first place if I'm talking about this he had proof and Chrisman had the proof and uh, and in fact when Arnold finally gave up, Arnold's investigating this. He's even got his friend Amil Smith, who was another famous uh witness to a UFO event. Uh they're all uh they're interviewing Chrisman and Dahl at the Winthrop Hotel there, and a lot of strange things are happening to them too. There it seems like their room is being bugged and all this other stuff. And and they just after a while they're just scratching their head. Chrisman and Dahl actually show them some of the stuff. They don't know what it is. So they call in um counterintelligence people from the army.
0: We'll get into that, that in a army moment. Because- we'll continue with Kenneth Thomas recounting the Bory <laughs> Island incident and why it should be taken seriously. I'm Gene Steinberg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in The Paracast. Yeah.
7: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: Let me remind you all over again, if you have a comment or a question about the Paracast, we want to hear from you. Send it to news at Once again, that's news at I promise we will read each and every message. And answer most of them, really. Sometimes even a hundred percent, depending on our mood. I'm being less than serious. We also have the forums, forum. That's forum. The world-famous Paracast community forums, where the action is. We welcome your participation. Forum. The Maury Island incident, by the way, was also featured in a book by Kenneth Arnold and Ray Palmer called The Coming of the Saucers. It was part two. Part one of the book was basically just Palmer recounting UFO sightings and such. We have Kenneth Thomas covering parapolitics. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberger in the PowerCast. So, okay, Army Intelligence is consulted in connection with this incident by Captain Smith and by Kenneth Arnold, right?
8: That's right, that's right, and uh, they, they call people, and I call it army intelligence because the Air Force was not a distinct branch of uh, the military at that point, but these were Air Force guys, uh, Lieutenants Davidson and Brown. Uh, they came out, they interviewed uh, Crisman, and then they were ready to, to get on a B-25 and fly off actually to the ceremonies that were originally to um, uh, announce the separation of the Air Force as a separate branch of the service uh, Chrisman gave them a Kellogg's cornflakes box full of the, of the, the flag that had come off the flying saucers and they loaded it up on the B-25 and they got on it and they took off and they were going to take it to some place to get it analyzed and try to reach some conclusions when their plane crashed and they were killed. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's in, it, it, and after that, no real investigation, you know, even though two. uh, uh, Army officers died and a plane was destroyed. There was never really an official investigation. They sent out a counterintelligence team uh, that could not recover, couldn't find this, the Kellogg's cornflakes box full of stuff in the wreckage that had disappeared. Uh, they made the recommendation that that stuff should all be funneled through the foreign technologies desk uh, uh, in, of the Army, which is the exact same place that actually Philip Corso said they parceled out the Roswell. Wreckage. <laughs> uh, interesting coincidence. Um, you know what? And, interesting, uh,
0: Ken. When you said the words Kellogg's Corn Flake, what flashes in my yeah. mind was a line from a Paul Simon song: "Wish I was a Kellogg's Corn Flake." Don't ask <laughs> me why. Go ahead, please.
8: Maybe yeah yeah. Well, that's product placement. I get the money from Kellogg's to to bring that up. Wish I was a Kellogg's. But well, anyway, cornflake. that's you know. After that, uh, that's when. Uh, Chrisman uh, basically uh, goes off to Alaska and disappears for many years, and then Dahl um, is is left to kind of recover his life. I should mention, let me mention one thing about Ray Palmer. Um, Ray Palmer, you're right, he's a pulp publisher, but he's probably most famous for publishing the Shaver mystery stories. Uh, The Shaver mystery involves... Stories told by a welder in Pennsylvania, a guy named Richard Shaver. Right.
0: We've had several shows on this, Ken. So keep it okay. very brief. Uh, good, Go ahead. Good,
8: good, good, good. good. Then, I, then I can do a shorthand. Shaver and the Deiros. What's interesting about this in relation to Moy Island is that Fred Crisman wrote a letter talking about his battles with the Deiros in Burma months before... Kenneth Arnold. Months before Richard uh, Ray Palmer ever hired Kenneth Arnold to investigate him. Ray Palmer knew who Fred Crisman was before the investigation even began, before there ever was a Moy Island incident. He never told Arnold that. Um, and it's just a complete mystery and it's only one and it's one of two uh that telegraph Chrisman's presence before any of the main narrative happens. The other one is Jim Garrison. Jim Garrison uh, was uh, uh, an FBI agent in the Pacific Northwest at the same time, and he knew uh, another FBI agent who, at the time, was uh, recovered a 30-inch flying saucer, kind of famously. That guy's name was Guy Bannister, and Garrison it says in his his autobiography, I used to have lunch with Bannister all the time. And this is the famous incident. Surely they were talking about this 30-inch flying saucer disc. They must have also been talking about Maury Island. Jim Garrison must have known who Fred Crisman was before he ever started investigating him as part of the Kennedy assassination. Now, there's, no, there's no answer to, <laughs> to these issues. It's just this idea that Crisman's presence is telegraphed way in advance of whatever happens.
0: All right. Now, Crisman went to Alaska. You said, right? now, you're talking over me. Crisman went to Alaska. Is that true, or yeah, what? Well, I, what's that? Is that true, you went uh, to Alaska? Yeah. That's, okay. where, that's
8: where the trail kind of disappears on him.
0: Okay. Now, I'll door tell door you this. As hand. we talk about friendly Chrisman, I should tell you that years ago, a friend of mine, a UFO investigator, I don't know what happened to him, so if anyone knows him, a guy who lived in Chester, Pennsylvania, name of Floyd Murray, got involved in investigating Chrisman. And then, you know... He kind of fell off the radar too. So don't know what happened with Floyd Murray, but if you're listening, Floyd, let us know what happened with your investigation. Ken, please.
8: That's very interesting because I had a guy, Ron Halbrider was his name, and he was a Moy Island expert. And I have an appendix in the book that's just an interview with him. And I've since the, the original edition of the book, I've, I've not heard from Ron Halbrider since he's disappeared too. <laughs> I hope but there's let no me conspiracy make a there about Guy Bannister. Guy Bannister played by Ed Asner in the Oliver Stone movie. He was running the Fair Play for Cuba office in New Orleans, and the guy, the most famous guy who was working for him was Lee Harvey Oswald. And this is the guy who was recovering a 30-inch flying saucer in the Pacific Northwest at the time of the Moy Island case.
0: Oh, boy. That um, really spins in circles.
8: Yeah. <laughs> now, well, that dovetails con- into this, this recent story about this memo from uh, another guy, a guy named Guy Hostel, who was the FBI guy in Idaho. Um, And in it, researchers now are are saying there's a famous note by J. Edgar Hoover um, uh, from uh, 1947, where he says that uh, he he, he expresses his frustration that uh, the army wouldn't turn, uh, turn this thing over to him from the LA case. And he's talking about a UFO. And nowadays, Roswell researchers look at that L.A. because it's in handwriting. You look at L.A., people think it's a Louisiana, although, you know, the abbreviations weren't really the same then. And they weren't standard. Some people say, think now that it looks like F.W., that means Southwest, and that's how it's connected to the Roswell case. Well, that note was written just a couple of days after Guy Bannister recovered the 30-inch flying saucer. And the language in it, Hoover says that the Army wouldn't turn it over to him. He's talking about Roswell. I mean, Roswell was a debris field. You don't just turn over a debris field. Or even if it was a big spaceship, you just don't turn over a big spaceship. But you can turn over a little 30-inch disk. So I think there's every indication that what he's talking about in that memo is uh, is the Guy Bannister incident. You know? And you can't really understand that unless you understand Maury Island. But you know, you've got these Roswell researchers who are obsessed with Roswell who kind of dismiss Maury Island as a hoax because they don't really know the history.
0: Okay, so when people are looking at Maury Island and trying to understand it, why are these facts, you know, not readily available except in your books and some other studies?
8: Well, yeah, that's a good point. My uh, my book is the only full book ever written on it. You know, you'll find a chapter in Ruppelt's book with the names all changed, and there are references to it. Um, another one of these... Uh, sidebars that I have in the article is about uh, Gerald Hurd, the famous British philosopher who wrote a book called uh, uh, The Riddle of the Flying Saucers that was published in the UK that had an entire chapter on Maury Island. Then, when it was published in America under the title Is Another World Watching, the chapter was gone. Had he become convinced that it was a hoax, or did they take it out? You know, and was it under some kind of pressure? Um, I have a, a, a whole essay dealing dealing with that. And again, we've got this whole confusion because uh, Dahl said it was a hoax. People believed what he had to say. Um, the, um, the JFK research community, of course, doesn't want to get close to the UFO material, even though, you know, I'm not talking about Kennedy was shot because he was about ready to expose the Roswell secret. You know, that's not what, what this is about. It's about serious. Stuff in about the counterintelligence world and assassinations, and uh, they should be more interested. But you know, it's got
0: the stench of UFOs. You know. We have Kenneth Thomas joining yeah. us this week. I'm Gene Steinberg, the co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. <laughs>
13: Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as 2 dollars And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com.
14: Would you like to rev up your metabolism and energy while lifting your spirits? Now a new healthy tea is available that will do just that, and it's called Zoom Tea. Zoom Tea was developed for a former welterweight boxing champion to increase his energy and focus in the ring. Zoom Tea is an alternative healthy pick-me-up that can replace coffee, common tea, or soda. Zoom Tea also helps remove radiation from the body, promotes weight loss, and is high in antioxidants. For a limited time, get our introductory price for a one-month supply of this amazing tea for just $20 or a two-month supply for only $35, and we'll pay the shipping and handling. Go to our website now and start feeling the healthy and energizing benefits from drinking Zoom Tea. Go to zoomtea.com. That's zoomtea.com. Or call toll-free 877-341-4769. 877-341-4769 today.
9: If you suffer from poor sleep, you need my pillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, my pillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders and neck. My pillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. My pillow will never go flat and relieves snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant and best of all, machine washable and dryable my pillow is made in the usa has an a rating with the better business bureau comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an industry-leading 10-year warranty order today at mypillow.com or call 952-442-6199 that's 952-442-6199 mention coupon code gcn and receive 20 percent off your order what do you have to lose except poor sleep mypillow.com the most comfortable pillow you will ever own guaranteed
6: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
7: We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes... We have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out on iTunes.
0: We're back with Kenneth Thomas discussing parapolitics, not conspiracy theories, ladies and gentlemen. Parapolitics (laughs) on the Paracast with Gene and Chris, focusing on... Maury Island, this UFO case, three days before Kenneth Arnold's sighting in June 24th, 1947, Mount Rainier, Washington, three days earlier. It happens in Maury Island. All sorts of convoluted things happening. And then we have the connection, the weird connection with the Kennedy assassination. So we cannot understand why assassination researchers aren't going to want to touch this with a 10-foot pole or even a 50-foot pole.
8: (laughs) or even with a tall Australian. Thing.
1: Or Michael Jordan, uh, even. <laughs> <laughs> well, here now, let, me, uh, yeah. let me just spice up the mix here a little bit, too. Um, my dad was in the Coast Guard and in 1947-48 and was stationed in Puget Sound and uh, does okay. recall when they got their first radar unit seeing objects that they couldn't identify uh, zipping in and out of the Straits of Juan de Fuca. And he told this story a couple of times uh, to the family while, you know when I was growing up. I did ask him in later years if he knew anything about the Morey Island incident. He recalled it being just a slight blip news story, but officially he was he was never brought into it or had no official knowledge of it as a uh, as a member of the Coast Guard. So just to kind of <laughs> stir the pot up a little, uh-huh. I, I even have a connection to to the case kind of peripherally. having uh, having grown up, you know.
8: In, uh, Very interesting. In Belgium. I wish I would have known that when I was putting together this this new edition, you know, because I tried to add as much as I could to make this new edition as, as different as it as it could be with much more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's another little interesting sidebar.
8: Yeah, very interesting. It is, of course, the connection to the Kennedy assassination that makes it yeah. all the more complex. I mean, you would think these details would be as burned into people's brains as much as you know Lee Harvey Oswald. You would think Chrisman's name would be as known as as, as Oswald, but they, you know, really successfully introduced these elements of uh, uh, ufology and stuff uh, to to make it obscure and and to chase researchers away. One interesting thing about Chrisman is that he he swore that uh, there was a television show based on his life, and you probably remember the show. You ever hear of the invaders? Yeah, the sure. In it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Chrisman said that was about him. And, and this is the idea. This is one of the ideas that comes out. Is that maybe Chrisman took that, that that slag from the UFO, kept it to himself, maybe even sabotaged Davidson and Brown's plane, and he used it as a means since he had the proof of the alien invasion or the alien connection, and the government doesn't want to get it out, he used it to blackmail himself and to, to the most choice assignments, would have, which would have included the Kennedy assassination. But The Invaders is about this guy who, who knows the secret of the alien invasion, you know, and he's, he's constantly trying to expose it and being thwarted. you know. It's not such a far-fetched idea. The Invaders w- was a Quinn Martin production. If <laughs> you remember Quinn Martin productions, but the uh, their other most famous show was The FBI. The FBI, FBI. They're, they're yeah. The well, On the streets of San Francisco, of too.
0: Um, but, of course, Quinn
8: Martin then, also no, but,
2: produced The Fugitive.
8: That's right. The Fugitive, too.
2: Well, true, yeah. the
8: point, though, the salient point about the FBI is that one of the consultants, was later the guy admitted and confessed to this to the show, was Mark Felt, who is now universally recognized as Deep Throat in the Watergate story. So they do use intelligence and counterintelligence uh, people to, uh, to work on TV shows like that. And in fact another one of my sidebar additions to this new thing discusses the role, the changing image of the counterintelligence world on television. It, uh, it, it traces the show Danger Man which was a secret agent, you know, secret agent, man, where you had a guy who was like James Bond, and he was saving the, the West from the evil communist. Every episode, he beat the criminal, until you get to like 1968, the time of Chrisman, when the same guy, Patrick McGowan, who was in that show, was in a, uh, another show, a cult show now called The Prisoner, in which he was a guy who tried to drop out of the intelligence world so he was gassed and he was thrown on an island and put in something called the village and every episode he failed and where you know in danger man he was the great hero success every time beating the enemy in the prisoner he could never escape the island and in the interim you had people like victor marchetti and philip agey famous cia guys who dropped out and wrote these tell-all books and you had uh, the assassinations committee we discussed before and other uh, con- congressional committees exposing some of the abuses of the CIA. And the whole image of, of what counterintelligence work was all about uh, completely changed from one of benevolence to one of malevolence.
1: Yeah. I am not a number. I am a man.
8: You are number That's six.
1: <laughs> it's one of my favorite Patrick TV Magu- shows of all time. time. It only lasted, what, about a dozen episodes? Yeah, 13 episodes, yeah.
0: And Patrick McGowan also, by the way, produced that show.
8: That 's right, it. and then actually, there are two episodes of Danger Man that uh, uh foreshadow the prisoner one of them actually this, the first episode of Danger Man was filmed at Port Marion, where the village was, was where most of the prisoner was filmed at and there's another episode in which he does in the last episode they do this really surrealistic thing where they talk where the main guy he essentially winds up uh discovering you know he's number six. Who's number one? He discovers who number one is, and it turns out to be him, or his inner soul, or whatever. That happens in an episode of uh, of Secret Agent. So yeah, it was like a, you know, it was like Patrick McGowan's statement, artistic statement, uh, you know, and it only lasted those few episodes because he only intended it to last those episodes. Funny thing. Well, well, again, simultaneously at this time, Chrisman, who was being subpoenaed by Jim Garrison in the JFK assassination, uh, feels as if he's watching himself on television every week in The Invaders and with Roy Thinnes <laughs> starring as him.
1: Wow. Has anyone uh, really researched the writers of uh, The Invaders and found out if there indeed is a link? Or
8: uh, Well, no. I mean, the closest we got is this Mark Felt guy who is deep throat in Watergate, you know. Uh, right. Uh, and he worked for the FBI. So we know that Quinn Martin Productions did hire people like that and generally keep it secret. I did uh, meet Roy Finnis and explained all this to him, and he was fascinated. He didn't, he didn't know one about it.
0: Did Roy Finnis have any awareness of this mystique or the mystery that surrounded that character? Or did he just think, oh, it's a, another acting gig?
8: It was really just another acting gig. And I, he didn't know who Chrisman was. I think he did know, though, that uh, um, Georgia Adamski's granddaughter worked on this show. And that saucer that you see at the beginning of the Invaders thing is a classic George Adamski saucer, kind of a bell-shaped with the globular things underneath.
0: Okay, by the way, since we were talking before about connections and synchronicity now— In a previous week's episode, when we were talking about the Crystal Skull, we mentioned this movie where they featured Crystal Skulls called The Phantom, you know, based on the comic book character, and The Phantom's dad was played by Patrick McGowan. Okay.
8: Is that right? Really? I didn't know that.
0: Remember The Phantom with, of course, Billy Zane, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and he sees the ghost of his father. Okay? The previous Phantom. And that's Patrick McGowan.
8: Who, by the way, so was born in America, although. A few seconds. Huh? So, McGoohan is only on screen for a few minutes.
0: You see him on and off throughout the movie. Ah. Uh-huh. So, you do. We'll get into more of the synchronicity and these strange connections and conspiracies or parapolitics with Kenneth Thomas. The co host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast.
15: Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes...
11: You've heard a lot lately about zeolite, but what is it and why do you need it? Zeolite is a beautiful, complex, crystalline structure that encapsulates radiation and odors. Zeoking zeolite naturally eliminates radiation poisoning your body may pick up from x-rays, security scanners, or nuclear fallout. Zeoking flushes environmental toxins absorbed from smoke, cell phones, and chemicals so it detoxifies heavy metals, including mercury, lead, and cadmium. Zeo King Zeolite helps boost your immune system, allowing your body to balance itself and cut off food supply to cancer and parasites. Order your Zeo King Zeolite now from zeoking.com for only $39.99 and receive a free month supply with every order. Call 888-402-6779. That's 888-402-6779. Or visit zeoking.com, that's
12: z-e-o-king.com, for natural elimination of radiation poisoning. We all need to prepare ourselves. You might have the food, water, gold, and silver, but ask yourself, are you truly prepared? That's why you need to visit mainmilitary.com. Mainmilitary.com carries everything you need. Gas masks, wool blankets, fire starter kits, high-capacity magazines, chemical suits, military surplus items, and much more. Do you own a firearm? MainMilitary.com has a large selection of pistols and rifles suited for your needs. Are your local stores sold out of ammunition? Call or visit them today for prices on hard-to-find ammo and bulk ammo orders. You don't need to worry about having a military surplus store in your area because MainMilitary.com is the only store you'll ever need, all from the comfort of your computer. Visit them online today at MainMilitary.com. That's Main, like the state, Military.com. Or call them at one 877 Six zero eight zero one seven nine. That's one eight seven seven six zero eight zero one seven nine.
16: The number one secret to having great health and long life is having high levels of glutathione. This master antioxidant is required by your body to stop free radicals, keep cells young, remove chemical and heavy metal toxins, support immunity, support liver functions, stop inflammation, and much more. The results of optimal levels of glutathione in your body are more mental and physical energy, stronger immune system, greater endurance, and more. Do you know the number one secret superfood that helps increase your glutathione levels by 64% or more? It's unheated whey protein powder from grass-fed cows. This health food is amazing in its ability to do so much for virtually everyone. Introducing One World Whey, an industry-first unheated whey protein powder from grass-fed cows. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWhey.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. are
6: you tired of searching for great talk radio something more important search no more we are the gcn radio
8: network hello this is john burroughs one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham ufo incident you're listening to the paracast the gold standard
7: of paranormal radio
0: You notice, ladies and gentlemen, this time I said you're in very quickly, hoping that I'd kind of trip up Chris O'Brien, my co-host. <laughs> and he was right on the beat. You see, when he's ready, he's ready. Kenneth Thomas joining us. We're talking about power politics. We're finding all these weird connections between Fred Chrisman, Harold Dahl, the Kennedy assassination, Maury Island, Patrick
1: McGowan... <laughs> Guy Bannister <laughs> discovering a 30-inch flying saucer. That's news to me, Ken. Well, I'll tell you, that's, that's a news? good one. Yeah. All these characters, their Mark Fell, like deep throat is in on this thing. On the
8: front page of a newspaper, it's reproduced in, uh, in the book, JFK and UFO. Wow. Actually, the full title of the book is uh, JFK and UFO, Military, Industrial, Conspiracy, and Cover-Up from Moy Island to Dallas. It's quite a mouthful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't fall from, triplingly yeah. from the tongue. <laughs> it kind of rolls right out of your mouth. <laughs> Something like that.
8: It is, it, it's, the, uh, it's the flagship of the current product line at Steam Shovel Press. I should impress upon your listeners that SteamShovelPress.com is where you want to go to really follow everything I'm doing because there are a number of things. Although just today, I started a Facebook page for Steamshovel Press, too, so you could maybe check that as well. You're social the, the networking for everybody here. Now, You're
0: discovering the joys of social networking.
8: Yeah, 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 and I'm a real dragging. I've been dragging my feet on it for years, but anyway, JFK and UFO from Feral House is the big one. Uh, on uh, the website, um, I have a, an electronic a PDF available only through the website called um, a Popular Parapolitics," which is a group of essays about my adventures in the conspiracy subculture. I've got again the uh, I wrote the foreword for the casebook on the men in black the new edition that uh adventures unlimited press just came out with i also wrote an article on the the nazi connection to ufo history that appears in round trip uh, to hell and back in a flying saucer that timothy beckley just published
0: now what does this have to do round trip to hell in a flying saucer is a reprint of an old ufo book this chapter can you maybe describe it briefly
8: well, uh well it, it is a reprint of that book, but there's a lot of add-on stuff by by a lot of different people and my thing is what I write there is in the on the history of the connection between UFOs and the Nazis which is really kind of I'm sure well known with a lot of people who are listening uh, but the the Nazis uh in some of these people you know trace this back to the Thule society that you know a very early occult interest of the Nazis but above and beyond that that they were developing aircraft at the end of uh, World War II uh, that were saucer-shaped and did incredible things. And, you know, there's there's some idea that uh, that the Moy Island thing, that the secret flying saucers, if they're not from outer space, it's captured Nazi technology that we were testing kind of a thing. So all that's going on. Well, our entire space
0: program is based on Nazi technology, isn't it?
8: Well, yeah, it's Operation Paperclip, and that figures in... Fairly heavily into this story because uh, when Ger- Garrison supposedly, if you ignore the, uh, the high probability that he'd heard of Chrisman in 47, uh, Chrisman gets a, a letter, an anonymous letter from somebody that makes this connection between Chrisman and Clay Shaw. And supposedly Clay Shaw was involved in the surrender of Werner von Braun, the. Uh, the top Nazi rocket scientists, and that's the connection to Chrisman. I have in the book, though, I looked up in the National Archives uh, here uh, a document that is exculpatory of Shaw in some sense, then that it demonstrates that he was in the United States when von Braun surrendered. But, you know, he could still have been coordinating the Americans, the U.S. side of, of the surrender, so that, you know, that doesn't necessarily totally disconnect him from that scenario.
0: Fred Lee Chrisman, mm-hmm. he seems to float in the periphery of the UFO field. He's supposedly somehow connected with the Kennedy assassination. He even had a talk radio show at one time. So who and what was his background?
8: Well, well there's a whole book on that subject count now. <laughs> so I go, I go through it all. And then, um, uh, I, there is, in fact, even a sidebar on his life as a right-wing radio talk show host. Uh, there was a, uh, a newsletter called Homefront that just in the course of my research I stumbled upon accidentally that gives a whole snapshot view of what life was like with Chrisman and um, uh, he you know he kind con- you know people think he's a he's a con man uh, some people think he's a con man some people think he's really was a counterintelligence guy and uh, when you review uh, the history of it all it's kind of hard to reach a conclusion but there is one interesting aspect of it is that during that, that time uh, when he was a talk show host. He was uh, doing all that under the name of John Gold. And he even wrote a book because he was involved also in the city politics of Tacoma. And he wrote a book called Murder of the City, uh, in which he's talking about the, yeah. uh, the, the political structure of Tacoma and how he, he tried to change it. And he even makes the case that when he was doing his politics that somebody tried to assassinate him. But in that book, uh, he, he talks about his business partner at the time, a guy named Marshall... Ricconisciuto. And Ricconisciuto's son, even he, his son even makes a cameo appearance there. A guy named Michael Ricconisciuto is a famous figure in my other most well-known book, The Octopus. He is the main informant to Danny Casalero, this, uh, re- this reporter who was investigating uh, a global transnational cabal that he called the Octopus. And Michael vakonos was involved in the development of something called the Promise Software, which is connected to the inflow scandal of the 80s, and there's a whole other book on it. So, you, And then that's all 80s and 90s and going forward. And in fact, Osama bin Laden supposedly was given this Promise Software, and that's how he es- escaped capture all those years. So you see multi-generational connections between not only, because vakonos has his UFO stories too, but you see this kind of intertwined action between the UFO subculture and the counterintelligence world going through a couple of generations and still affecting us today.
0: <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, Chrisman, of course, is long dead now, right? Died
8: in 1975. Okay. Uh, and that's a bit of a controversy because he was... Uh, Can there be anything else with Chrisman
0: kid- but a controversy? Yeah.
8: <laughs> He felt as if he was being abducted because he'd be passing out. He had kidney problems. He'd be passing out and he'd wake up in a hospital surrounded by all these creepy-looking people and in their, in their instruments. And uh, uh, so he told people he thought he was being abducted by aliens. And, and actually, Bud Hopkins and all those people didn't come by until later than 75, although he had abductees like the Hills, Betty and Barney Hill, back in 66.
0: But there's no connection between Fred Lee Christman and Bud Hopkins, is there?
8: No. Not do I know of.
0: All right, just checking.
8: <laughs> I'm sorry, can't connect everything. But no, that's, uh, that's just something, you know, in his dying days. But it's after like all curtain. these years
0: putting together a new edition of this book, what information is left to be found that we can find?
8: Oh, I found a ton of stuff. Um, my favorite is, is the Gerald Heard stuff, you know, because I was trying to investigate why I Heard dropped a, that chapter on Mory Island. I still haven't read that chapter on Mory Island. No, know it's out there
0: somewhere. All right, now, Gerald Hurd doing what? Who is he?
8: Gerald Hurd is a famous British philosopher. He's kind of in with Aldous Huxley and, and, and all those guys in the 60s. Uh, and he wrote basically one of the first books uh, of the modern era called The Riddle of the Flying Faucers. And uh, in America, it came out under the title "Is Another World Watching." And the difference between the two editions is the Maury Island chapter. There's apparently there's a Maury Island chapter in the British version that was left out of the American version. Now, in the court, now how do you find out why? In the course of doing this research, just just by happenstance, I discovered that Heard actually gave a lecture here in town, where I live, at a local university in 1950. The same time that that was coming up and I'm thinking well maybe he said something about Moyano maybe I can find something here so I go to the college that actually has the tape and they won't let me listen to it they say it's too old if they uh, uh, if they play it the tape is going to fall apart and maybe that's true because, because person, tape has a short shelf
0: life that's one of the problems with magnetic tape it doesn't hold itself
8: I'll tell you what here I'm we have
0: Kenneth Thomas uh, And we're talking about parapolitics, the Kennedy assassination, Maury Island, Gerald Heard, the late philosopher who wrote a book about UFOs, which I read, by the way, long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Pericast.
17: Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. 30- day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lecig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lecig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker
3: and call 1-800-686-2237.
6: The GCN Radio Network. Providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're in the
7: Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: Okay, Gerald Heard... Wrote a chapter okay. of his book. We're talking to right. Kenneth Thomas to explain what this meant, his UFO book. This is the Paracast with Gene and Chris exploring parapolitics. So, okay, you went okay. to check out this recording of his speech. All but, right. of course, well, well, they wouldn't let you hear it because they say it, the tape just wouldn't hold up.
8: It's falling apart. And I'm dealing with the archivist at this college, someone I trained. You know, I worked in an archive. I have for two and a half decades. And a lot of the archives around here are staffed by people that I've helped train. And I'm like, oh, come on. Give me a break. Give me the tape. I'll take it to my office. We have digitizing equipment. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The archives do not circulate. I'm like, what is the point of having a tape in an archive that nobody can listen to? And it just so happens, and I was losing this battle, and it just so happens that uh, a vendor approaches this archive about digitizing their collection. They don't have money to do it, of course. All archives are underfunded. But, you know, the vendor wants to show them a sample of its work. So, since I know the person there, and she wanted to accommodate me, she just couldn't, she gave the tape to the vendor. The vendor digitized it, and I got to listen to Gerald Heard speak in 1950. And, of course, no answers about Moy Island, but a fabulous, fabulous lecture about what's going on at the time, you know, and here's a scientific guy, uh, uh, you know, some crazy person, and he's trying to break it down for a very staid 1950 audience, and uh, he gives this wonderful lecture that involves one of my favorite stories, the story of Galileo and the, uh, the moons of Jupiter. It's kind of well-known. Arthur Kessler writes about it. Have, uh, Galileo invites these clerics over to look at the moons of Jupiter in his early telescope. The clerics looked through it. Even though, you know, you could do it tonight, you could see it. The clerics couldn't. They couldn't see it because it didn't fit their paradigm, uh, their paradigm of an Earth-centered world. There couldn't be another world that had uh, moons around it. But we know that to be true, and that's a famous story, and that's what Kessler in his book, uh, Sleepwalker, says that's the same thing that's going on with the flying saucers. Scientists can't see them because it doesn't fit into their paradigm, which is a cool moral lesson. But Gerald Hurd had another spin on it that I thought was absolutely brilliant. Because another thing we know about Galileo is that he saw Saturn, and uh, with the primitive equipment that he had, the rings of Saturn looked like little teacup handles, and he couldn't figure that out. And he makes a note in his diaries Saturn devours its children, which goes back to an ancient myth about Saturn that the ancients used to describe the planets. And then he doesn't visit Saturn again. Once or twice, he maybe takes a couple of notes, but he doesn't study it, even though know, this is the guy kind that of discovered the moons of Jupiter. I mean, he could have made one great, one or another great discovery discovering the rings of Saturn. But he felt, according to her, which is a brilliant analysis of what's going on here, he felt that the ancients knew something about that planet that he didn't know and he couldn't figure out. So because of his hubris, because he didn't want to further pursue that, he did not become the discoverer of the rings of Saturn. So you have the clerics who couldn't see things because of their paradigms, and you have the scientists, the great scientist Galileo, who wouldn't. And it's such a perfect, to me, such a perfect summation of the problem of... Uh, trying to understand UFOs and flying saucers that, uh, you know, I, even though I didn't get any answers about his Murray Island chapter, I just, I, I just felt really fortunate to be able to hear that lecture at all. Well, Ken,
1: what, what other uh, projects have you been? I know you, you've you got a lot of irons in the fire. You've, you, you're you you a meticulous <laughs> researcher. You've got a lot of, uh, I'm sure, uh, works in progress. Any other uh, projects that uh, you'd like to talk about?
8: Well, um, I mentioned the, the the big three that you can get through uh, the steamshovelpress.com website. I'm not quite sure uh, publishing is in such a state of flux now. Uh, the next book that I would like to do is something I call Wilhelm Reich, um, Technology of Space. Uh, but I don't know if I should, you know, give it to one of my publishers, or if I should just uh, do one of those print-on-demand things. Um, which seems to be the way to go. So it's you know it's a gray area. What I'm what I'm going to do next in the immediate future, of course, I'm going to spend a lot of time uh, promoting JFK and UFO. Uh, and you know if there's if there are people out there that want to want me to come, I got a great lecture uh, on this. Uh, I'm happy to do lecture and book signings for anybody who uh, uh, wants to give me that kind of attention. Well, we have
0: time uh, to even talk about it further and get more into this connection. But, of course, you know, you go back and you have the stories back in the 50s that Eisenhower, you know, supposedly he went to a dentist, but he wasn't really going to a dentist. He was checking out the crashed UFO. So
8: That's right. And actually, I, have a, I tell that whole story in another book that I recently published by Ferrell called Secret Interest Suppressed 2. I have a whole essay on uh, Wilhelm Reich and, as the possible ally to Eisenhower in his negotiations with the aliens. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Now now we've got a story here, and I know that <laughs> my wife had studied some of the works of Wilhelm Reich years and years ago, my yeah. first wife, Geneva. And I don't know if she still is interested in that or not, but the thing I want to ask about here, maybe you explain, because we don't hear much about Reich these days, who and what he was, what his discoveries with organ energy were about, and how would there be a possible connection with Eisenhower?
8: Oh, okay. Uh in in thirty words or less, <laughs> <I'll laughs> that covers a lot of ground. Reich was a protege of, of Sigmund Freud. He was one of the uh, uh, if, uh, Viennese, uh, the inner circle of the psychoanalytic uh, 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 crowd. He was actually kicked out of that for being too much of a communist, and then he was kicked out of the Dutch Communist Party for being too much of a, a Freudian. And uh, he fled the Nazis and uh, to to Norway, where he started doing this experimental work that demonstrated to him a certain kind of energy that, that that pulsates in the atmosphere that he called orgone. And then he fled further to the United States, and he developed technologies to manipulate that energy. Uh, and one of the technologies was the cloudbuster gun that he found was also useful in combating flying saucers that came down around his lab in Rangeley, Maine. Now, Cloud how Buster's would you combat flying
0: saucers? Would you knock them out of the sky?
8: You, they, they're they like blinking in the sky. And you, you, you aim the cloudbuster gun at them, and they stop blinking. They go away.
0: Did and they go then, away, or just and, and did it affect their light source?
8: Uh, well, they disappeared effectively enough. I mean, Reich, of course, he, he's not declaring victory. He's just taking notes. And, in fact, what happens after that, and, and there's, a, there's a whole lot to this story. That's why I'm doing a whole book on it. But after that, he took the cloudbuster guns down to Tucson, arizona and along the way he very clearly uh... goes through roswell new mexico deliberately and he discusses how it seems to be affected by an alien presence uh... and this is in nineteen fifty five now you've got a whole crowd of people out there that say the roswell thing is a big fantasy that uh... friedman and all these people came up with in the nineteen eighties when it was just a blip on on the in the news cycle in nineteen forty seven it didn't go anywhere nobody said anything about it until Stan and uh, Shandera and those people came along. Well, here's a clear example in Reich's last book, which i've admittedly is hard to come by. Book called "Contact with Space," but it is there, uh, and he is talking about Roswell. So he takes his cloudbuster guns out to, uh, to Tucson, and he's fighting UFOs out there, and he's making reports to Eisenhower. You know, he's he's a, he's a good Boy Scout, uh, a, kind of a believing liberal Republican who voted for Eisenhower. And now, did Eisenhower
0: commission him to do this? No. Okay.
8: He did it, but he kept uh, uh, sending reports on it to government sources. And, of course, many people take this as his dementia, that there were government sources. But you, in this essay, in Secret and Suppressed 2, I demonstrate that no. He gave these reports to official people, specifically Lou Douglas, who was a member of Eisenhower's kitchen cabinet, and they scheduled meetings with him. Not only that, but those meetings, the dates of those meetings coincide exactly uh, with uh, one of the MJ-12 documents, which a lot of people dismiss as hoax, and, and maybe a lot of those documents are hoax, but that one, because of its connection to the Lou Douglas archives discovered by a researcher years later, thousands of miles apart, it's a triangulation of research that absolutely, as far as anything ever has been determined, proves the existence of a group called MJ-12. So that's all laid out in that dispute and suppressed too. Mm. So, uh, so there were official contacts between Reich and, and the government. And in fact, uh, uh, I think you can show this in the book, um, the Air Force later developed its own weapon that looks exactly like a cloudbuster gun, and they, in fact, called it the cloudbuster.
0: Yeah, but it, isn't it also true that the government went after Wilhelm Reich saying that he was perpetrating a fraud?
8: Right, right, because the, in addition to the Cloudbuster gun, prior to the Cloudbuster gun, in fact, he created something called the Oregon box, which is a multi-level organic and inorganic material that you would sit in and accumulate Oregon energy. Uh, and I personally verified this one time in England uh, with, a, with a BBC producer. We took an Oregon box to an infrared imaging lab, state-of-the-art equipment, and demonstrated what's called the temperature differential.
0: I'll tell you what, we'll get into more of Oregon Energy, Wilhelm Reich, UFOs, Eisenhower, and more. We have Kenneth Thomas. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast.
3: Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right. Every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700.
7: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: You know, we've had some unusual things happen when we do the Paracast. For example, in a recent episode, Chris lost his broadband connection, so he had to use a telephone for the last two segments. We're in the final hour of this episode of the PowerCast with Kenneth Thomas talking about power politics. And guess what? My broadband internet access disappeared.
8: They're <laughs> watching again. you, Ken. I wonder what took them so long.
0: We're talking about the Orgon Box, Wilhelm Reich, the Orgon Box. And suddenly, whoops, we lose our connection. <laughs> Tell me that's not weird.
8: You hear that, Dr. Reich? They're still trying to suppress you.
0: He's no longer <laughs> around. <laughs> Somebody doesn't no. like us over there. <laughs> mm.
8: I think it's aliens. Aliens in the Internet.
1: No. No. It's it's actually, one
8: time I was at the uh, Whole Life Expo where Terrence McKenna was speaking, and he went off on that whole theme about an alien presence inside the Internet and at the same Whole Life Expo was Whitley Strieber, who came on later and he started poo-pooing the very idea because he had been abducted by little gray creatures and he wanted to see those. He didn't want to hear about no aliens in the internet.
0: <laughs> Thank heavens you won't be hearing Whitley Strieber talk about aliens <laughs> or anything else on this show, not because we wouldn't invite him, but because he said that he's being insulted in our forums. And because he is being insulted in our forums, and some people in our forums didn't say nice things about you, and that's unfortunate because you're a nice guy. You know, we don't well, have to agree with everybody. Well, I'm surprised
8: that anybody would actually take umbrage. I mean, how, how often, how many years do you have to have been published to to develop a thick skin about? Uh, I mean, what do you expect? Everybody's just going to come on and sing your your name in an angelic song. Of course, there's yeah, be he does. And, uh, yeah,
1: evidently, and, uh, he does. does. Well, it
8: it ain't going to (laughs) happen.
1: Okay, (laughs)
0: so let's go inside this organ box and explain what it does, what its properties are, and are there still organ boxes out there?
8: Well, the last official organ box that I know of actually appeared on the David Letterman show uh, many years back. And it was located at a museum uh, called the Museum of Medical Quackery. Uh, And uh, it it was on the Letterman Show. And thereafter, it was transferred to another city to a a museum called the uh, Museum of Questionable Medical Practices, which seemed to me like a step up, you know, from out like crackery to just questionable.
0: Well, you know, I think almost everything is questionable. I mean, if you look at the terms and conditions of every medicine you take especially antidepressants or something that deals with a complicated problem, they say may cause suicidal tendencies, may cause death. Huh? <laughs> and then you see this happy-go-lucky yeah. woman saying, oh, I take this medicine and my life is better, but it may cause death. Right.
8: <laughs> okay. They Because a whole bunch of things that they they, they say really fast towards the end of the commercial, right? You can't even keep track of it. Like yeah, car ads, you know, the car ads. You can get that, this car that, for that, $199. That's, that's,
0: $199. Uh, Ken, you can get this car for $199. Okay. For the lease, you have to drive 30 miles a year. You were saying?
8: <laughs> uh, well, the, the the Oregon box I was just describing was an official Reich-built Oregon box. There, you know, people have been building... Oregon boxes. Ever since, it's always been a very popular thing. Uh, Reiki and uh, uh, Oregon science is actually still practiced by scientists around the world. The uh, the greatest one, of course, in America is James DeMeo. I don't know if you know that name, but he runs the Oregon Biophysics Lab out in Oregon, and uh, he's written a book on it called Saharasia and he's he's taken Reich's concepts uh, uh, as as far as anybody uh, has has been able to. And he uh, he also wrote the Orgon Accumulator Handbook, and you can still uh, uh, get that from him, how to build one and what it's all about. And, of course, there was uh, I recently was able to turn over copies of uh, Reich's correspondence with Albert Einstein to uh, a project in Israel where they're trying to uh, collect all of Einstein's correspondence. And they're publishing one volume a year for every year. And they're like in the 1920s now, and uh, Reich's encounter with Einstein was in the 1940s, so it'll be another 20 years before they take what I've given them and get it in a, in a published volume. But uh, Reich had taken the orgone box uh, to Einstein, and Einstein, it blew his mind. He said, wow, this is, the implications of this are, are incredible. And uh, this correspondence went on a long, for a long time until one of Einstein's assistants, um, said to Einstein, well, what's really going on here is a convection with the ceiling. That's why that temperature difference is, is there in the box. There's a convection with the ceiling. And Einstein said, oh, okay, well, that's the end of that. And uh, Reich said, wait, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do these experiments outdoors. There is no ceiling, you know, and I'm still getting the same effect. Uh, but by that time, he would lost Einstein's interest, although some of the equipment that he'd sent Einstein, Einstein held on to for a long, long time. Reich really had to had to done them to get it back. Uh, so there's evidence to suggest that, uh, that he looked into it uh, further. But it is uh, two completely different points of view. Uh, Reich felt that Einstein had emptied the universe, uh, that he'd... Uh, uh, that his relativistic formulations basically kind of demonstrated a, a, a total mechanical universe uh, that didn't take into account all the many rhythms of energy uh, that that you can readily see and that he he could measure actually and and harness in his technology. Well, well, what do you
1: think the problem was uh, in terms of what why why was there a vend- uh, vendetta that apparently ensued uh, against him and his work and. They used the, uh, you know, the the flimsiest of charges to get him in jail, where, where he died, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I think he died in prison, yeah. correct?
8: Well, well what do you prison. think? Yes, he died in prison, what they say, of a broken heart. And, and then all of his equipment was destroyed, and his books were burned. Uh, you know, and again, they, these were books that were written, uh, famous books like The Mass Psychology of Fascism uh, and Character Analysis, books that he wrote and became famous for, uh, years before he'd even come up with this idea of Oregon, or written a word about it, and they were all labeled as uh, they were all declared as labels for the Oregon box. and uh federal agents were sent out to his uh his lab in rangeley maine and uh and they burned all of his books i mean it's just a it's just a wretched horrible episode in america's history and this is like 1958, 57, 58. i mean fifty
1: seven what was the motivation what was the government's motivation to do all this Do you
8: think Well, again, it was a threat to uh, pharmaceutical interests, for one thing, because Oregon energy is in the atmosphere. It's all around us. It's in your body. And there are very simple techniques to develop it and use it in productive ways that you can't, uh, like, uh, put in a bottle and sell. This is a perfectly dumb question,
0: Ken, but it almost Uh, sounds like the force in Star Wars. (laughs)
8: Uh, Yeah, well, it also sounds like uh, chi in... uh, Uh, Doist philosophy in China, it's uh, the grace of God in Christianity, it's, uh, you know, there's all these wonderful metaphors that every religion kind of has. But, uh, you know, uh, again, Reich was able to to demonstrate its reality actually uh, accumulated in various pieces of equipment. Right now, in fact, I have uh, the framed photograph that I'm looking at on one of my bookshelves, of uh, blue energy filling up a vacuum tube. This is a, a vacuum device that Wright created. This is a color photograph among many that he published in a regular journal. You know, uh, it's not a fraud, it's not a hoax, not a conspiracy. It's uh, it's it's a, it's a real science that uh, is if it's and again it's still studied and practiced around the world, uh, certainly in a much smaller way than. A regular medical science, but it's still out there um, and uh, it, it, it's not in the ascendancy because of a kind of a point of view that developed that was was different to to it. It's a point of view of this pure mechanistic science um, that you know gives us, despite the tremendous potential of all the energy that we discovered inside the atom, it gives us pr- tremendous destruction and uh, Reich's attempt was to try to see, try to use atomic energy, you know, for good and productive purposes. Uh, But of course, you can't get
0: anywhere using anything for productive purposes in this society. Sometimes, Kenneth Thomas joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. And unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary Fate magazine, call now at 1 800 728 2730, or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1 800 728 2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits.
18: Where can you find a super strength supplement for thyroid health and thyroid protection? right here at ThyroidKI.com. ThyroidKI is a super-strength potassium iodide supplement formulated to support optimal thyroid health and protection. Thyroid KI is made with only high-grade ingredients and is independently tested for purity. The potassium iodide found in Thyroid KI is absorbed by the thyroid and may offer maximum protection against radioactive iodine exposure. At only $19.90 for a 30-day supply, Thyroid KI is independently tested for purity and is formulated in convenient 32.5-milligram tablets for easy administration in children and adults. Visit ThyroidKI.com. That's thyroid, the letter K, the letter I.com thyroidki.com. Use coupon code GCN for a 10% discount. Again, mention coupon code GCN for 10% off your order. Call 855-599-9444. 855-599-9444. Again, that's 855-599-9444 for ThyroidKI today.
12: We all need to prepare ourselves. You might have the food, water, gold, and silver, but ask yourself, are you truly prepared? That's why you need to visit MainMilitary.com. MainMilitary.com carries everything you need. Gas masks, wool blankets, fire starter kits, high-capacity magazines, chemical suits, military surplus items, and much more. Do you own a firearm? MainMilitary.com has a large selection of pistols and rifles suited for your needs. Are your local stores sold out of ammunition? Call or visit them today for prices on hard-to-find ammo and bulk ammo orders. You don't need to worry about having a military surplus store in your area because MainMilitary.com is the only store you'll ever need, all from the comfort of your computer. Visit them online today at MainMilitary.com. That's Main, like the state, Military.com. Or call them at 1-877-608-0179. That's 1-877-608-0179. America's
6: number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
7: We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com
0: One of the more unusual episodes of the Paracast, not because of the content from Kenneth Thomas who's been on the show before, but because of the strange broadband responses I've been getting here. So we're going to continue. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. And we're discussing free energy, what is it? So, organ energy can cure you of what ails you?
8: Well, you know, that's that was the exaggerated view that was put forth by the FDA, that Reich was saying get in this box and you will be cured of cancer, but that's not it at all. Reich did write a book called The Cancer Biopathy, in which he said that cancer was the product of a kind of a lifestyle, of an exposure to things, and, and he did, his organ box was used in his therapeutic practice, but he never made the kind of claim that they uh, they said that he did. And, of course, he was prosecuted basically because uh, his groundskeeper had shipped one of the organ boxes across state lines, a technical violation.
0: You were saying, the yes. The
8: instruction. Yeah. So it was all kind of technical.
0: Really? And, like uh, they were looking to entrap him?
8: Yeah, pretty excuse, much. excuse,
0: yeah. an excuse.
8: Right, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't harm any. And at the same time, there was a campaign in the press uh, that was carried out against him by... Um, by foreign agents, for the most part. Reich uh, looked on the international scene, and he came up with his own color-coded idea of politics, which he labeled red fascism and black fascism. Red fascism was the kind that was being practiced by the communists, and black fascism is what he was facing here in the United States. And, of course, communists had, in fact, uh, infiltrated the leftist press at the time, and there was a a woman named Mildred E.D. Brady, who was kind of famous for uh, founding or helping to found Consumer Reports. Working for Consumer the Reports? Marketing. Yes. and uh, So now we have a connection between
0: articles. Wilhelm Reich and Consumer Reports?
8: Oh, that's right, yeah. Mildred E.D. Brady is her name, and she uh, wrote these articles that just totally attacked him. And then there was all this other press uh, against him that were kind of based on her articles, more than any direct exposure to him. And another interesting footnote is the first person in the leftist press in this country who uh, wrote a critical thing about... Reich uh, was a guy named Frederick Wortham who wrote a review of the mass psychology of fascism, which is actually the first real book that was you know, intelligently critical of the fascist states that arose uh, that we fought against in World War II. This guy Wortham wrote a bad review about it. This was before the other attacks that appeared in the New Republic with Mildred D. D. Brady. And Wortham later became famous for writing a book called The Seduction of the Innocent which created this whole hysterical backlash against comic books in the 50s. So the, the, the great doctor who convinced everybody that comic books were corrupting youth and creating juvenile delinquency. It, it led to a total transformation of that industry from they were publishing horror comics and things at the time, and then a Comics Code Authority, a censorship authority, was created that uh, sanitized them and censored them out. And, uh, well, do, do out. you
14: see
1: these types of trends continuing in in, uh, in this culture?
8: Uh, transport censorship. Well, or, just kind uh, of a, against, a, a
1: dumbing down of America, and and more and more stringent controls over 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 the press and over freedom of speech. And I mean, this is kind of a softball question for you, but, but I see, <laughs> well, I, I see all this well, stuff suppose, really uh, ramping yeah. up.
8: Well, it's it's amazing to me how it all happens in a de facto way. I mean, supposedly we live in the time of the of the internet when it's not breaking down, where everybody is a global publisher. Uh, you know, and potentially can can reach the entire world. And so you would think you would have more uh, free speech and and more uh, research, more understanding, more intelligence going on. But my view is that it it seems to me that the Internet has become so commercialized. I mean, originally you used to be able to get up there and and you could actually find research. Now you look up something on Google and they'll send you to a page where maybe you could buy a book that might have some research. But the whole thing is is uh, buy 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 something or alternately if you are a writer with something to say uh how do you survive on the internet because the, they know how to take it take your time and put it up there and there are very few ways that you can earn a living doing that because so much is posted on the internet for free so these du jour ways of keeping uh people uh from uh, you know saying anything against uh, conformity or uh uh, if we see fascism in our government, or uh, uh, you know all these deleterious things, um, you know it's not—it's not necessarily outright censorship. I mean, it's been said about many times that you know why have a revolution when you don't really need one? I mean, there's a book called "Friendly Fascism." You know, people like it this way. You know, even the bad parts, <laughs> and that's why it never changes.
18: Right,
1: ignorance that's is really bliss. Sad. Yeah. Well, we definitely see a dumbing down. I think of the younger generations. Um, I was uh, doing some some uh, maintenance work on some properties uh, in the town uh, next to me. I asked a kid; he was he was in his early twenties. Um, I asked him to write down some measurements for me, and I I gave him a measurement of fourteen and three quarters, and he said, "How do you write three quarters? What is that?" And and I was dumbfounded. <laughs> I, I I I couldn't believe it. I said, are, "Are you joking?" He goes, "No, really. How do you write it?" And I said, "Well." You write a three with a slash and then a four. Do you know what that means? He goes, No. And it's like he doesn't even know what a fraction is, let alone know how to Well
8: that's because it doesn't appear it. on a keyboard. Of course, but where did
1: he receive his education? He graduated from high a local high school there. Oh yeah. that is a problem. You think? <laughs> Jeez. Well what about well, free energy uh, no. devices? That's another one, Ken, that I know you know a little bit about is the controversy surrounding the Suppression of free energy devices. Uh, This dovetails the the Reich material dovetails nicely into the whole subject of uh, of free energy and how the oil companies seem to uh, yeah go ahead take take that that ball. Well,
8: that's the great implication of the Oregon box. If the interior of the Oregon box is a couple temperatures higher than the ambient temperature of the room, that's that's heat. That's a tremendous source of energy. If you did that on a mass scale, you would you would have free energy. And that, of course, is a threat to the oil companies. Just the solar energy, which is ubiquitous, is a threat to the oil companies. I have, uh, I have news clippings here of uh, hydrogen fuel cells being developed in the late 1940s. And they're saying, well, oh, next year we will have this, 1940s, you know. And uh, certainly wow. they just didn't get stupid in the, the following years. They just got suppressed because there's a great deal of profit in moving things along the way they are now.
1: You yeah, ring our pockets dry for every every dime and nickel they can get out of us before before the oil uh, equation kind of drops off the map.
8: You got to hope that one of these days, once the oil finally dries up, that they, we will turn our attentions to the alternative energy, if there's any earth left.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's going <laughs> to happen ahead. though. The power companies will look for a way to exploit free energy. It can't be free. They'll take care of that.
8: Well, you know, I think that that's uh, that's very possible. I mean, even solar energy, you need to uh, create uh, photovoltaic cells to uh, harness it, you know, and those could be centrally produced um, and and marketed under the the old rules of capitalism. I mean, there's a way to do it. You just don't make as much money as you do, uh, you know, uh, pumping oil and selling it around the world.
1: Four bucks a gallon.
8: It all comes Plus, down to this: hello. if they
0: can find a way to exploit it, if they can find a way to market it, if they can find a way to sell it, they will. They will allow it to market under their control. It's all about them. <laughs> we have Kenneth yeah. F. Thomas. We're talking about parapolitics, Oregon Energy, and lots more. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Graphic converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy graphic converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for graphic converter. Go to lemkesoft.com. That's L E L-E-M-K-E M K E SOFT.com. L E M K E SOFT.com.
11: You've heard a lot lately about Zeolite, but what is it and why do you need it? Zeolite is a beautiful, complex, crystalline structure that encapsulates radiation and odors. Zeo King Zeolite naturally eliminates radiation poisoning your body may pick up from x-rays, security scanners, or nuclear fallout. Zeo King flushes environmental toxins absorbed from smoke, cell phones and chemicals, so it detoxifies heavy metals including mercury lead and cadmium. Zeo King Zeolite helps boost your immune system allowing your body to balance itself and cut off food supply to cancer and parasites. Order your Zeo King Zeolite now from zeoking.com for only $39.99 and receive a free month supply with every order. Call 888-402-6779 that's 888 888- Eight four zero two six seven seven nine, or visit zeoking.com that's zeoking.com for natural elimination of radiation poisoning.
9: If you suffer from poor sleep, you need My Pillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, My Pillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. My Pillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. My Pillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and. Dryable. My Pillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60 day money back guarantee, and an industry leading 10 year warranty. Order today at mypillow.com or call 952 442 6199. That's 952 442 6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed.
14: would you like to rev up your metabolism and energy while lifting your spirits now a new healthy tea is available that will do just that and it's called zoom tea zoom tea was developed for a former welterweight boxing champion to increase his energy and focus in the ring Zoom Tea is an alternative healthy pick-me-up that can replace coffee, common tea, or soda. Zoom Tea also helps remove radiation from the body, promotes weight loss, and is high in antioxidants. For a limited time, get our introductory price for a one-month supply of this amazing tea for just $20, or a two-month supply for only $35, and we'll pay the shipping and handling. Go to our website now and start feeling the healthy and energizing benefits from drinking Zoom Tea. Go to ZoomTea.com. That's ZoomTea.com. Or call toll-free 877-341-4769. 877-341-4769 today. Are you
6: tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network.
12: Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast
0: Two more segments with Kenneth F. Thomas, returning after several years' absence, covering all sorts of developments in parapolitics. Chris O'Brien's the co host on Gene Steinberg. Now, we can explore Oregon energy forever, but today, in the 21st century, years after Reich died, is there any new stuff still being discovered?
8: Well,. Again, orgone energy is natural energy. So anytime you walk to work instead of taking in the car, you're using your life energy. You're using orgone. So and it's ubiquitous and it's always there. And it's you know it isn't isn't
1: every time you have an orgasm.
8: That too. Yes. In fact, that was one of the things that they accused Reich of was sending people into these boxes so they could go masturbate. <laughs> and that was and I all has to do with the uh, you know his obsession with,
0: with yeah. But with now they just have that ad on the internet. Go into this box, yeah. and you'll have the greatest experiences ever. <laughs> it's so totally different now.
1: <laughs> Gee, you're bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, Orgasm in a box, I bet you could market that pretty uh, pretty effectively. I'm telling you right now, somebody out there
0: is going to register the name orgasminabox.com. com. <laughs>
8: <laughs> it hasn't been done already. They can deal right, with it's, our it's, friends it's at work. Namecheap all kinds and, of and do it. <laughs> doing it in half-assed ways, not understanding what he was trying to do uh, or or even any of the concepts. It just seems kind of radical and it involves the orgone and orgasms. And there are all kinds of people that have uh, uh, marketed and sold things that aren't really real. Again, uh, if anybody really seriously wants to study orgone, it's hard to get Reich's books. They're not in, in print much anymore. Uh, But Jim DeMeo, D-E-M-E-O, of the Oregon Biophysics Lab. He's out there. I don't know what his website is, but that's enough information that uh, you can find him and uh, learn what that's really all about.
1: Yeah, I can see it now. Oregon boxes for every senior center. Now, we never really pursued this in more
0: detail. The UFO connection basically using this Oregon-based weapon or gun to make UFOs wink out. Is there any other UFO connection?
8: Well, uh, actually, we could steer this back to uh, the Maury Island case. And, uh, oh? Uh, and, yeah, because <laughs> Garrison felt that Chrisman was in the employ of the military-industrial complex, as Eisenhower had defined it uh, in the late 50s. He believed that Chrisman uh, that shot Kennedy from the Grassy Knoll at the behest and under the employ of Boeing the aerospace manufacturer, because Kennedy had given a contract that was expected to go to Boeing. He gave it to General Dynamics instead. And this was a like a, a revenge killing or you know, just something to demonstrate to the world that you don't go messing with these big defense contractors. You don't get these guys mad at you, or they will fight back and they will kill you.
0: Like the and song, You uh, Don't Mess Around With Jim.
8: Yes, you don't mess around with the military-industrial complex. And the contract that we're talking about, the the last speech that JFK ever gave, was about this. It was about the TFX tactical fighter, uh, which eventually became the F-111. And uh, and a contract like that is not just uh, building whatever the craft is, but it's creating the funding source and the bureaucracy to make sure that the whole – production effort continues through time. And that funding corridor eventually became the F-111, which was sold to Australia. And that funding corridor was also responsible for the development of Pine Gap, which is Australians in Alice Springs, it was, it's Australia's Area 51. So the whole thing really, you know, uh, you, you talk to people who think that JFK was shot because he was going to talk about the aliens in Roswell. Uh, no. Uh, but here you got a guy, Chrisman, who's involved in aliens and UFO stuff going back to the 40s, uh, helping to create the culture that gives us these science fiction nightmares that we have to live with all the time, like Area 51 and, and Pine Gap and a, and, a, and a global culture that uh, is constantly at war and constantly dominated by military, the military industrial complex. And that's what Eisenhower warned about when he finally said – I'm out of here. I'm retiring. Beware of the military-industrial complex, and that's precisely what Garrison was trying to prosecute. You know, that's the uh, that's the lesson of of the JFK and UFO book.
0: So basically, Kennedy was trying to fight this too, and then of course Johnson comes in, and we create this fake incident and go to war in Vietnam.
8: The Gulf of Tonkin, right? Exactly. Well, and that's the whole other aspect of the Kennedy assassination that. Uh, Uh, the JFK scholars will connect with on this. And that is that Kennedy did have an executive order that was uh, drawing down uh, the number of troops in Vietnam. He was beginning to pull us out of Vietnam. And uh, the first thing that Johnson did when he became president was sign an order that reversed that and increased their troop strength there and then created Vietnam. And, yeah, and that was literally his first major fallout of that were the military contractors.
0: Now, can we take the same conspiracy about military industrial complex and bring it to the present day, the wars in Iraq, Afghanistan? We didn't need that. I mean, wasn't it also true that the Taliban offered bin Laden to us before we went to war in Afghanistan? Is it "Prove that he did it? He's yours.
8: Uh, yeah, well, you do hear that. And, of course, you know, They were, uh, the uh, Al-Qaeda was originally the Mujahideen, funded by the CIA to help fight the Soviet enemy.
0: Okay, you know what? Here's the other connection in the movies. That James Bond film, the Mujahideen were in that film. You had this actor named Art Malik, who plays this Harvard-educated member of this group in Afghanistan. The same actor then appears in a film called True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, as a terrorist and his is that right? yeah. the meme was in the plot in the movie, this is the one directed by James Cameron. He said, "You killed our women and our children, you call us terrorists because we abandoned these people like Ben Laden, of course also. And they came back to haunt us, also the movie The Siege, where you have this Arab cell staging terrorist actions in New York. And it's the same thing. The CIA abandoned them okay, we're coming back, the chicken's coming home to roost.
8: Yeah, yeah, that's not atypical. You know, we uh, in the Iran-Iraq war, we funded both sides and uh, 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 sold weapons to both sides. You know, the CIA is always, the intelligence world is always trying to play both ends against uh, uh, the middle, against whatever would further their cause. But I caution against really trying to see al-Qaeda as... An oppressed minority fighting back. I mean, I really do believe that Bin Laden was trying to reestablish the caliphate, and that his attitudes were medievalist, and uh, he's basically an evil guy. One of the one of the differences between 9/11 conspiracy theories and JFK conspiracy theories is that there is no non-conspiracy theory uh, having to do with 9/11. With JFK, you can believe in a conspiracy or you can believe in the lone nut, but with uh, uh, with 9/11, it's either 19 jihadists and, uh, you know, they're al-Qaeda uh, leaders in Osama bin Laden conspiring to do what they did, or it's George Bush and Dick Cheney and his buddies conspiring. It's one conspiracy or another.
0: Well, there's the middle conspiracy, which is they knew it was going to happen, they just didn't stop it.
8: Well, there's my view that it, it started to happen, they saw it happening, and they said, hey, we can work with this in the order to stand down. All right. Yeah, Ouch. but um, yeah, but you know, there's 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 this. There's always been a, a propensity to just uh, see the United States as being the big evil entity in the world, and that you know whatever's happening, it's it, it's the United States' own fault. I don't really think that's that that's you know, what's happening in, in
0: 9/11. But the other issue, of course, kind of about energy. all these things, Ken, is that governments tend to be reactive rather than proactive. They don't stem a crisis before it happens. They wait till it happens and they run scrambling, trying to figure out how to get themselves out of it. Like what would happen if UFOs landed tomorrow and Michael Rennie comes out of the spaceship with his silvery <laughs> uniform and says, We're here to help you rather than to harm you, or whatever. Kenneth Thomas joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. The co host is Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. <laughs>
11: Thank you. GCN listeners, why have you been hearing so much about Dermatol, the all-natural, all-purpose first-aid spray? Because it's the must-have first-aid product you need in your preparedness kit. Dermatol is made in America by Americans who know there's a more affordable, natural way to treat cuts, burns, bites, rashes, shingles, spoils, and many other skin problems. Dermatol is gentle enough for diaper rash, powerful enough for bed sores, and harmless to the eyes and mouth. It's great for the whole family, even your family pets. Dermatol is antimicrobial, antifungal, anti viral and not diminished by freezing extreme heat or years in storage dermatol is an absolute must for any first aid or preparedness kit dermatol's soothing rapid restoration of injured skin is so effective it's guaranteed order yours today call 800-217-6677 800-217-6677 that's 800-217-6677 efficient economical effective spray it all with dermatol
16: The largest part of gaining radiant health is detoxification. You can drink ionized water, cleanse your intestines, eat a perfect diet, and even take lots of quality supplements and in many instances only make minimal progress. What is the key to detoxifying your body of mercury, heavy metals, chemicals, and drugs? It is glutathione. Glutathione is the master antioxidant used to detoxify your entire body. It stops free radicals, keeps cells young, and reduces inflammation. One World Whey protein powder may be able to raise your glutathione production by 64% or more. One World Whey is more effective than any other whey protein powder on the market because it is unheated and from grass-fed cows. All other, quote, cold-processed whey protein powders have been heated and damaged by 15% or more. One World Whey comes in three delicious flavors. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988. 988-3325, or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworld, W-H-E-Y, dot com.
6: The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here.
0: We have Kenneth Thomas for one more segment on the PowerCast if our broadband connection holds out. Chris O'Brien's the co host. I'm Gene Steinberg, trying to hold it all together. So, now in the 21st century, in the second decade, today, what do you think is the most important issue in parapolitics? politics? The same ones of old or new ones?
8: Oh, it's the rapture.
1: <laughs> Good answer. <laughs>
8: Yeah, I don't know if you're following that, but, yeah, there was, you know, everybody was expecting to happen. Yeah, we're, we're all left happen.
1: behind, Ken.
8: Well, I think we are. I, you know, I think there's, n- nobody has said anything about the pacing of the rapture. I think the rapture started on Saturday and that everybody that's going to be lifted up into heaven is slowly fading away, on, in, but in imperceptible increments.
0: But how long will <laughs> it take them, like about 25 years? I think it's supposed to continue time- through October. It started because then.
8: The Times has just begun. Yeah, sure. now it's October, right?
0: <laughs> so I have to look at my hand. Is my hand slightly luminescent, transparent? <laughs> I'm becoming the Invisible Man. I'm becoming Claude Rains. But sometimes uh, I
8: wonder. I mean, these are the worst conspiracies. All these religious people who pretend that they know something and then convince a whole bunch of people that they've got this secret knowledge about the end of the world. And you know, where do these dupes come from? How often do they? Does this uh, scam have to be pulled of, uh, over a, a bunch of people? Sometimes I think the only w- reason that they keep recurring and coming back with this stuff is not because anybody believes it, but because people really enjoy laughing at it. And the you know the actual number of people who really believe it, the fools out there that we laugh at, don't really exist. You know, it's just a bunch of us and you know, them uh, laughing at. You know? But then again, people could be that stupid. You know, That's what everybody keeps telling me. <laughs> okay, let's
0: look at the UFO conspiracy since it's been in the periphery of our discussions, of course, with Maury Island, with all this other stuff. So is there going to be a wide open breakout in UFO knowledge or is it always going to be at the periphery? You know, We think the government may know something. Maybe they don't. We get all these tantalizing hints through the years about these conspiracies and interactions maybe JFK Fred Lee Chrissman all this other stuff but can we ever really put it together is there going to be an event not the event that NBC show that failed the event <laughs> an event instead
8: I think the only way it really works is uh, through this slow accumulation of knowledge uh, to me if you know if the government came out tomorrow and declared of what it knows about UFOs and you know just just came forward with it. It wouldn't be telling me anything that I don't already know because I've been studying it for years. <laughs> you know, uh, are you it's, sure? It's, uh, sometimes, sometimes I forget that they haven't actually come out with it. You know, because uh, to me, it's the, it's not even an article of faith. It's just a matter of reality that there's this UFO phenomenon out there. The government has an interest. We know it's accumulated a record. It knows things. You know things. Uh, you know, a formal declaration by any given administration isn't going to change that one way or another.
1: Yeah, that's what John Alexander said on the show here a few a few weeks back. He said well, the government's already uh disclosing. So, yeah. you know, he thinks it's a slow it's a slow uh kind of tiptoe process that's going on uh as opposed to some big announcement. I read an interesting article today uh Alfred Weber uh now is claiming that Obama is going to create uh Armageddon by by attacking the good ETs on, on the behest of the bad ETs and so now uh, it's going to be uh, an ET war which is actually the biblical uh, you know, revelations, the prophecy of revelations which uh, <laughs> I'll tell you I don't know where these people come up with this stuff <laughs> it's pretty entertaining have,
8: have, you, have you ever had Nick Redfern on the show? regularly, he's one of our the, guest co-hosts yeah, yeah well his, his latest, one of his latest books the guy produces so many, I lose track but it is about this click uh in within the military that uh that believe UFOs are actually um
1: uh, you know the Collins uh, elite stuff. yeah yeah.
8: And, yeah that was
1: and, very and Keith, and, a very good book and
8: Redfern and Redfern and greg bishop and uh, um, uh a couple of other people are all of this this mindset where they think the real fools out there the ufologists are the ones that keep hyping the extraterrestrial hypothesis you know and that there are better things to consider and my take is Better things to consider. Demons from hell. I mean, that's more credible to you than (laughs) extraterrestrials from space.
0: (laughs) The book is called, by the way, from Nick Redfern, Final Events and the Secret Government Group on Demonic UFOs in the Afterlife. By the way, Nick is also working on a Three Men in Black book, and we'll have a discussion about that book in the next few weeks. So there you go. That's That's the plug for Nick Redfern. We'll go back to plugging Ken Thomas now.
8: Well, yay, Nick. No, Nick's a friend of mine. I think he's great, and I'm looking forward to his men in black book although that one and the one that uh uh the jim keith the one that's just been reprinted i mean this is all obviously talk about your manipulations will smith is doing a third men in black movie and they want to take advantage of that so boom all of a sudden we got men in black books out there i
0: think tommy lee jones is coming back too right
8: yes he is he is although apparently they go back actually it's weird they go back to 1968 the time of uh Fred Crisman's prosecution by Jim Garrison, and apparently Tommy Lee Jones is replaced by James Boland or something, the earlier version of him.
14: Hmm.
0: Is Rip Torn going to be back in it? He's the guy who, of course, is the manager of the Men in Black, and, of course, he's had all these legal problems personally.
8: I have no idea. I think
5: I no
0: he idea. died, Followed didn't he? Just no, Rip Torn ago? is still alive. Is he? Okay. Rip Torn, real name, real first name is Elmore, believe it or not. Rip Torn. Yeah, he basically reason. he pleaded guilty in two thousand ten on charges related to an arrest in which police found him drunk in a Connecticut bank with a loaded gun. Oh <laughs> not a good idea, Rick. <laughs> Sounds like he was ripped. He was given a suspended two and a half year sentence. He cannot possess firearms during his three year probation period and will be subject to random drug and alcohol testing. Oh, it says here, Torn currently reprising his role of Zed in the Will Smith franchise flick Men in Black 3. He'll be back. All right. I'm glad we didn't lose him. No, that's good to have. And his cousin or second cousin is the actress Sissy Spacek, by the way. There you go. Trivia time. Ken Thomas, we have a couple of minutes left. Tell us briefly about where listeners can find out more of your stuff and about your projects that they really need to check out.
8: Okay, uh, well, steamshovelpress.com is is the main contact point. I have on there a regular column now called uh, Parapolitics Offhand, and it was supposed to be daily, but I realize I can't do it daily, but every other day, maybe weekly, I put a one- or two- or three-line quip, usually some kind of smart-alecky thing, uh, humor-related, or uh, a link to an interesting news story uh, having to do with current parapolitics. But also from there, you can get – the whole product line I mentioned before the main book JFK and UFO from Feral House which you could also get at feralhouse.com there's a PDF only electronic book called popular Parrot Politics. there's essays about my life in the conspiracy underground that you can get through steamshellpress.com there's a DVD of my appearance with uh, Timothy Leary called Cafe Chaos that's available I wrote the foreword to this book casebook on the men in black uh, which you can get from AUP uh, I also wrote a book on, uh, wrote a chapter on Nazis and UFOs for Tim Beckley's latest uh, uh, reprint of a book by called, the
0: way uh, AUP is uh, Adventures Unlimited Press that's of course David Hatcher Childress is the publisher go ahead
8: that's right and and Timothy Beckley is the publisher of to hell and back a round trip to hell and back and a flying Fosser. so uh, I'm, I'm really usually a very busy guy uh, knocking it out for people there's a new uh, Facebook page like I mentioned for Steam Shovel Press and uh, all of that uh, again the main for the book JFK and UFO uh, com or Amazon there's a Wikipedia page on me out there too uh, uh, some things on YouTube some of my lectures and stuff appear on YouTube so uh, lots of you're things active things in the contact. current media that's exactly right
0: that keeps you real busy and you even have a day okay. job. You keep a day job after all this.
8: I do, indeed, yes.
0: What is your day indeed. job, for listeners who want to know?
8: I am an archivist. I work as, at an archives at a university. It's basically the same work, only it's kind of less interesting during the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> conspiracy theorist by archivist by day, conspiracy theorist by night. The thing is, I do a lot of traveling and lecturing, too. And uh. if anybody's interested in, in uh, getting a lecture on these topics, uh, be in contact. I uh, just got back from Hartford, Connecticut, and... Uh, Prior to that, I was in Atlanta, and then prior to that, I was in Bath, England. Uh, World and, traveler. And I I'll tell you what. We should also forever.
0: remind our listeners that Chris O'Brien has this great site, OurStrangePlanet.com, which we're trying to redesign for him, and it will be done shortly. And from Chris and myself, Ken Thomas, thank you so much for being a Thanks, great Ken. guest. That was a great show on the podcast. Thank Cast. you for
8: having me. a Call back soon and often. Cool.